this is the Criterion Creeps Podcast. I'm Jared Duncan. RJ Baylock. And we're just two guys who have no other choice now but to creep our way through the Criterion Collection one spine number at a time and order of release. This week, we're hitting the books, going back to school again on the podcast because scholarly achievement is always in these fucking movies. But hey, we watched Spine 294 in the Criterion Collection. Anthony Asquith's The Browning Vision from 1950, 1951 even. Ooh. But first, Mm mm-hmm. how do you find yourself this fine, almost summer evening? Uh, well, we're almost open for summer. Not quite yet. Don't jump that gun yet, baby. We got almost that. We've got that. Summer. We've got that crowbar, and we're just uh-huh. jamming it in there. We're, we're, we're gonna we're gonna get it fucking open, no matter what you say. Tearing out every single nail, trying to keep us down, baby. Mm-hmm. We're uh, we're almost there. So don't jump that gun yet. We're, we're not we're not taking no for an answer. Well, sometimes I think a Duncan quote is work through the no. I believe I've heard you say that a few times. I, I, I know that's like a, an old saying from uh, olden times. Well, I'd never heard it before you, you oh. mentioned it. So I, I see. Uh, but uh, I, I did appreciate your English uh, accent there. We don't get that very often. You're, you're gentleman scholar. So that was pretty good. <laughs> I see. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm good. I think, I guess I, I said we're back. I thought we were done. I, well, RJ, we were fucking done. But then you, yeah. you went and had to ruin it all by forgetting to announce your stupid contest. <laughs> oh, so we had to come back contractually. So, hey? Well, now we have to keep doing the fucking podcast forever because you fucked up. Until <sighs> until for at least another like anniversary. I think like Spine 300 is coming up. That would be a good jumping off point, wouldn't it? It would, and it would it's it would be a popular movie too. So we could really go out with a bang on the on the Life Aquatic. I <laughs> when think did you say go out with a bang. I'm like, what you mean like a bang? Yes, <laughs> like self inflicted gunshot wound. Uh, well, uh, I mean, I think I if I think I'd like to know how people would think that we would kill ourselves because I think pe- I would be maybe a gunshot. I feel like you'd be the uh, self erotic uh, asphyxiation type, self-erotic. like erotic. Okay. Or what is you know like where it's like belted in the yeah, closet I, kind I, of thing. I, I feel you. D- Carradine style. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um. So yeah. Anyways, we're back. Uh, I would be remiss if I didn't mention that a lot of people were I think don't actually listen to the podcast because a lot of people were commenting that they were they were sad that we were going and stuff like that and it's like if you listen you could probably tell we were kidding but also. That was like some of the most liked content we've had in a while. So maybe people want us to stop. Mm-hmm. I know I know a few people are rooting for us. Like Oliver Granger, he messages me every week to tell us to stop. So yeah, he, he's out there. And uh, I think Ro- Robert Eagle also encourages the uh, the end of the podcast. Mm-hmm. But, he, was a, uh, he was a fan. Yeah, I, I have a, a couple of his memes still I've been sitting on for a while. I, I, I wanted to p- keep people in suspense on if we were coming back or not. So I didn't post them, but I'll get there. I'll get there. So should I do this draw thing? Yeah, I might as well do it now. Okay. Um, so explain what, what this is about for those who aren't on Instagram uh, or I did online, a, the, the non-social media people. Uh, I did a draw for um, – fuck, what was it? <laughs> peeping, uh, peeping Tom? Pe- peeping Tom. Yeah, so I took, I took some self-initiative, and I was like, hey. And where, was, uh, and where did this come from? 
Uh, this is from the uh, Lawrence Chrysak collection, I believe, which mm-hmm. was also potentially the J- JFD collection of some sort. Or you, you guys had some mix, mixing and mingling. Yeah, there was yeah some of my uh, old DVDs kind of got put into that package, and I said that what three years ago, I'm like, hey, you should do some sort of like promotions or like giveaways or something like that to promote the mm-hmm. podcast. Uh, back when people cared about that sort of thing, and uh, I mean, here we are, three years later, it's happening. I'm I'm finally doing it now. I'm doing it, and, and, yeah. and poorly, but I mean, or well, late, or you know, it's, well, all, it's mean, all well and good. It's fine. I just forgot to uh, actually do it last podcast, but uh, we did draw it. Uh, we did. So, so we do have a winner that I can announce. But A um, wiener. A wiener. Wait, uh, wait, how does that go again? We have a wiener. Yeah, Simpsons. Hot dog. Um, hot dog. We have a wiener. There you go. Uh, also, I should I should mention, too, the uh, Kegamusha giveaway um, was returned in mail. So uh, hopefully one day we can get that to the rightful person, <sighs> yep. which was given away. I was, so. just, I was just looking at that uh, this very evening, RJ. Well, I will. Uh, I'll swing by and pick it up this week sometime. Sounds... And uh, I, I was told I, I did reach out to the person and they said, oh, that's weird. Why don't you just send it again? And I went. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Once you th- throw more money into it, pack into postage, and have it come back again. Well, I mean, I was like, well, I asked. I was like, do you want me to send it the same address? Because I don't. That person, I really don't think listens to this podcast. They were just like someone who retweeted it or something like that. Um, but I was like, to the same address, or and they're like, yep, same address. I was like, same one that got returned to sender, and they're like, yep. And I was like, okay. How about we don't do that? <laughs> Yeah, I, can I don't do know that too. I'm like, yeah. yeah. It's like, who are you? It's like, you know, just keep sending it the same way. It'll eventually get here. It's like, or it won't. Or it won't. And, and maybe, that's also... and maybe that's funny to this person, this invisible person uh, that well, uh, we keep sending things uh, <laughs> endlessly that will never yes. go. Well, I, I PO boxes. Yeah, I, that's also possible. I could include it in. Uh, there is a Japanese themed uh giveaway i think maybe i'll do next or next after the next one or are you, something are you going to send tuna rolls potentially okay that's... maybe just a recipe for one Ooh. uh but yeah i don't know what, what do you think once every month or two or something like that whenever you I... are motivated motivated okay well, well let's get this one sorted out so uh we're, we won't have the the biggest build up unless you want to do a drum roll we, we did remember, but we were too late. The winner. From Insta. Insta. Instagram. Instagram. Spoiler. Spoiler. For those those aren't in art on Instagram. Instagram. You, you didn't win. Loser. Losers. I did actually. I included Facebook and Twitter in the in the spin. But losers. The, They're losers. They Facebook and Twitter people are losers. It's Instagram, I'm, I'm, I guess. It's Instagram. Damn it. Well, this is where we had the most plays. So, uh, and uh, a person who I believe follows along in some capacity is going to win. So that's Ooh. good. Uh, someone by the name of. Are you ready, Jarrett? I uh, I can't wait. I can't wait to hear it because I think if you told me the other day, I don't remember. You yeah. Uh, what well, is a uh, gentleman uh, by the name of Pastel Zom? So congratulations, Pastel. Gentle Zom. person. Gentle person. Uh, they their picture is a nice yellow hat. They have glasses and they have a pretty nice looking mustache. I must admit. Pastel Zom. They actually in one of these pictures and they're uh, they kind of look like you. Oh a no. 
Uh, so I'm on their Instagram right now. I, I am seeing some really good stuff with some Godzillas, some good kitty pictures, but I'm seeing some very troubling tarantula pictures on here. Oh, no. Um, I don't know if this person has a tarantula or if they just research tarantulas. Uh, I hope they keep the tarantula and the cat separate because I feel like that's a scary combination. I wouldn't want to do that. No. But uh, they, it looks like they're collectors, so there you go. There you go. And uh, Peeping Tom, is, which I had to inform RJ, I'm like, that's actually a yep. really sought-after DVD because it's, it's never yep. been reprinted in Region 1. I didn't realize that, and uh, I should have kept it for myself. Yeah, but, probably. Uh, but uh, what? Well, I guess maybe then it would have been good promotion, yep. except I didn't realize how rare it was. I, it's not rare. It's just, yeah, it's just yeah, out of on, the, on the pricier side. It's, not it's, a little... it's an old DVD. It's nothing. It's not great shakes. It's it's pricey enough that uh, people want it. Is what I'm saying. They'll pay the price. They'll pay God. the price. And someone in Pastel Zom got is going to get it. He's going to get it. Past or they they are going to get it. Pastel Zom. Just keep it away from them spiders, big big guy. <laughs> I mean, if he likes spiders, that's fine. I like all animals, but snakes and spiders. Uh, the creepy crawlies, Jared. Indiana Jones here. Well, it's a it's an evolutionary thing. It's an innate behavior in us. Oh, RJ, is that why it's like true. monkeys eat their own cum too or some shit? I have no idea what you're talking about. So Maybe I'm gonna should, uh, right over oh, that. You, you should I know go, squirrels do. Go to, I see. Yeah, I know squirrels do. But no, it it is actually because uh, if you it's a site like if you take uh, like monkeys like rhesus macaques, you put them in a lab and they're born there, and then you show them a picture of a snake. Or a spider, they freak out. Isn't that but like the cats and cucumbers? When people kind of terrorize yeah. their cats with cucumbers. Yeah, I don't like that. Uh, I feel like if you have a cat, you should be nice to it. Don't don't try to scare it all the time. You know, I wouldn't do that. But, you know, you know. <laughs> so that's that's my two cents. Cool, nice. What's going on over there in Duncan land? I don't know, man. It's going it's going fine. Yeah, it's hot. I went outside for like How three minutes. Is it? I was outside for three minutes when it was like 37 degrees outside that one day. And I felt like I was burning alive, like a vampire. I, I agree. My car doesn't have AC, so I just rolled oh, the down. God, uh, and God. holy fuck. Like from work to work to home, it's only like 15 minutes in a car, but I was boiling, like full back sweat when I got out of the car. And yeah. I was like, oh, it was gross disgusting yeah but hey what do you do what are you, gonna, what, what are you gonna do yeah so you didn't uh you didn't go out for a run when it was cooking hot i did not what about a nice stroll with uh some taco time <sighs> no i haven't done that either i've been busy man busy like, Too when's busy. the last time you had taco time i think someone ran to get taco time the one day at the store so i i, I have had my my itch scratched mm. yeah but but I uh, haven't gone on my own yet. Even though um, they, it is open and I could sit there and eat it. I mean that's very true. Yeah, but you know it doesn't. But I'm not going to go out for a walk when it's like 38 degrees. And, and I burn, man. I burn. I uh, I actually even like break out a little bit. It's not. It's not. It's I, not fun. Not fun. I could pick you up in my car. It doesn't have AC, but it'll get you there a little faster good, at least. Good, good lord, no, God. God no. Well, I, I, you can't say I never, I didn't ever offer. Okay. You know, right. you see what I'm saying? I see. Well, we got the, we got the contest out of the way. We're yep. we're, we're back to torment you people 
for yep. another 250 episodes. Potentially. It's, it's insanity. We're halfway to 500. That's too much. But that that's like, what, another five years from now then? I almost, yeah. Jeez. Unless we, speed, unless we pick up the pace. Could we, what, go back to two weeks? Yeah, that'd be fun. What a nightmare that was. It was like, well, honestly, it was more manageable back then. Come on. Yeah, back then it wasn't that bad. But uh, could you imagine doing that now? <laughs> no. <laughs> what was the, what was that laugh? <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard such a thing before. Interesting. Uh, yeah, that was my yeah right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good one. Like that. <laughs> You're full of accents tonight. What what else you got in there? I got emails in here. Oh, okay. Any females, I suppose, not, I should ask? No, not that I'm aware of. Mm. Okay. Ooh. What, what happened? I see uh, Dylan sent an email. Like, back, once again. Who, who uh, what do we call Dylan? Uh, Something with peanut butter? Or? I don't know. Dylan I, butters. Yeah, it's yeah, it's gonna happen. I can't remember. We he, we called him something. He's got a little bit of uh, he's got some instructions on how to pronounce his last name. Fry says, butter. If either of you fellows care, the last name is pronounced fru fru IPA fry fry like Dylan Fry. S is early in Deutsch. I have no idea what's going on. I just want that to be known here. It means early, I guess. But oh, we don't care. Sorry. <laughs> no. We, <laughs> from, and not not a personal thing, but from day one, we've been very upfront with that. We don't. We're not going to pronounce things. You're going to be well, Dylan. You're Dylan Frogert. Frogert. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. We we were calling him something. I can't even remember what it was now. I don't know, man. But he's Frogert. He's Frogert for for now. So, howdy Take boys. That. I guess I shouldn't even bother because the Criterion creeps are canceled. It was a yep. good run. Should have done Arrow video creeps instead. Yep. Yeah, we should have. Damn it! I can't even do the gag anymore because we're here. Son of a bitch. <sighs> we wrecked it. In all seriousness, congratulations on making it this far without RJ killing Jared. What? Really? I mean, if that, that if it were ever to happen, I, I, I think it'd be the other way. I thought he wouldn't make it past Salo or Walkabout, but see how far you've come. Well, Which I mean, I didn't want to do now, those either. Imagine, uh, I mean, what would what would happen if you hit Salo now? Would it would it even phase you at this point? I mean, no, but I I also that was back when I used to care a lot, and I actually watched like every second of the movies. If we had it this week. I just throw it on. I probably wouldn't watch it very much. Yeah, you're like, yeah. Sometimes I'd look up and I don't know something yeah. was something weird was going on, but whatever. This seems fine. <laughs> yeah, it seems fine. Like I don't know. It's just another dorm movie about education, just like the Browning version. Like, yeah, you could just swap the places and same, mm-hmm. same. Absolutely. Same, same. Yeah, no, I, uh, I wouldn't pay that much attention, so I'd be fine. Interesting to hear your thoughts on Mel Brooks. 
I've always been an old man myself, but his stuff has never really clicked. Young Frankenstein always felt like the most cinematic of his works and has some of the best and most memorable sequences and jokes, which is the only reason I'd highlight it as a standout. I still get some enjoyment from Spaceballs, but it is definitely one of the most dumb. The others tend to blend together in the average and forgettable realm, though I did recall that gag RJ mentioned from Men in Tights. Uh, Oh, the likeness in the boudoir? Yeah. It's a good one, man. It's Mm -hmm. a good gag. Yeah. People are thinking about it. As we had a musical last week, I thought I'd ask about film scores. Which mm. would you consider some of your favorites? Would any musicals sneak their way in there? Is there a specific use of music from a film that always sticks in your mind? Keep up the great work and have a great show. Dylan Frogert. I mean, Dylan Frogert. He put a lot of faith in uh, the fact that we would be back. Sunny D, that's what we were calling him. I like Frogert better. Yeah, Frogert is fine. Uh Oh, soundtracks. Oh. Skype didn't what? like that. I think I coughed. Sco- what it was. Scores. Film scores. Or scores. Musicals. Well, one of the first CDs I ever had was the soundtrack to the Spawn movie. Does that count? <sighs> Damn. No, it doesn't at all. No, it's not a score. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of a score. No. I mean... No. Come on. Uh, well, what's... um? I mean... You know, Hans Zimmer, he does stuff. He's <laughs> and cool. Does he do any musicals? Uh, sure. Is it only musicals? I thought no, it was just No, no, no. He's, he's wondering if any musicals slip into that score realm for films. Oh. Uh, well, the remake of Brownie version was done by Mark Isham, and he has a lot of scores, does he not? And things of that nature. What's Mark Isham do again? I don't know what you're talking about. You don't know Mark Isham? I think he, he does scores. Uh, how about Poultry Geist? Uh, I never watched that, so if mm. you say so. No. Uh, Hedwig and the Angry Inch is pretty good. Uh, I, I haven't seen that either. It's too bad. What about Crash? <laughs> Which one? <laughs> the 2004 Paul Haggis one. What about Chicago? <sighs> no. These questions are lost on us because we, um, I don't neither. I don't think either of us know musicals all that well, do we? I have a list of musicals that I've logged since 2012, and it's uh, only 30 movies deep. Hmm. And I mean, is there anything good in there? It's like West Side Story, and I mean, all that jazz hmm. is kind of musical, but. I don't know. It's definitely not something I get super excited about. For uh, film scores, I mean, you just said Hans Zimmer. Uh, yeah, the Spawn soundtrack. I listen to a lot of the Magnolia soundtrack. The Magnolia um, soundtrack. Yeah, the soundtrack. Film score, though, probably less so because that's what's named John Bryan. Yeah, but well, you're a big Cannibal Holocaust guy too, aren't you? I am, but that's also, yeah, there's some pretty great pieces. Uh, what is it? P, not Pino Dimaggi. That's a different guy. This guy did the score for uh, Carrie. Pino Grigio? Yeah, <laughs> one is of the it? same. I don't know who Pino Dimaggio is either, so. Pino Dimaggio. I think he was in The Sopranos. Oh, which character was he? Vinny? <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Let's see here. Riz or a Riz Ortolani, he does some pretty good stuff. 
okay. He did like yeah. score for Cannibal Holocaust and Don't Torture a Duckling, a bunch of Italian oh, okay. stuff, and yeah, one of uh, the all some some all time bangers in um, what's it called? Uh, Goodbye Uncle Tom. Oh, one of your favorite films? No, uh, love it, love it. I mean, mostly because that movie is absurd and shouldn't exist, and it does. So great, great cinema. What is that thing about? Goodbye, Uncle Tom. Uh, it's about like this the American slave trade and slaves in the South oh, and, and being and it, an Uncle Tom. Well, I don't know. It's about like yeah, antebellum times and this idea is that Italian uh. documentary filmmakers have just gone back in time. They just went back mm-hmm. in time, and they're making a documentary about life on the plantation. And it's like incidental, oh, and there's a revolution that a revolt that attempts to go down, and then there's mm-hmm. a modern day revolt in like in cross cuts to like contemporary times. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's ridiculous. Uh, I could find I wouldn't be surprised that many people would find it offensive beyond belief. But that sounds right. Yeah. It is, yeah. It's crazy. It's got an amazing score uh, at times. It's, just, oh, it's part of the, one of the best songs gets reused in um, Drive. Actually, uh, real human, nope, and a human being that song, yeah, that one, yeah, not a real hero, not that one, no, which one? Just like the uh, the woman singing, the like, oh my love, oh, yeah, that's that's uh, that's from (laughs) from Goodbye, Uncle Tom, baby. Do you think think he's a fan of that movie? Probably, Uh, probably, but he also denies kning who Jess Franco is. Resident Evil, I've never seen one of his movies, even though his one movie, Neon Demon, is like just very Franco y. You're like, come on, how does this guy make movies and not do this shit? And he's like, but I'm really into Andy Milligan. You're like, come on. I think that guy. He has, might... nothing to, he has nothing to gain from lying about it, I guess. It's just bizarre. No. But I, he strikes me as one of those people who just lies to, like, just well, I to mean, do it. His, his, he's got some good lines from the uh, Jodorowsky's Dune documentary. Oh, I've seen it, and it's fantastic. It would have been the greatest movie I ever made. Greatest like, movie ever made. Would have it been, though? Probably not. It would have been probably fine. Complete, like, the average. Yeah, and kind of like and a novelty. Uh, yes, I imagine. Um, I imagine Nicholas Winding Refn and uh, um, Edgar Wright are probably really good friends. <laughs> they seem like they would be, right? Uh, eh. I I think so. Eh, it's fine. I, I think so. You and your axe. You and your axe, RJ. Always swinging, I, swinging away. Once burnt, forever scorned, my friend. No, forever scorned. Uh, oh, well. Next, we got. Justin Peterson. Oh, baby. With an email titled Spoofin. Spoofin? Spoofin. Not boofin, right? Do you know what boofin is? I do, uh, nope. Uh, after the email, if I have a t- point to talk, you can Google search boofing, but I would maybe use incognito in, incognito mode because you, you don't want that to be part of your search history, okay? Hey, Jared and RJ. What's happening? To unwind the other night, I decided to revisit the classic spy genre spoof franchise, Austin Powers. What are your thoughts on those movies, and what are some of your favorite spoof movies? I would go with Hot Shots Part Two. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. I know you're a big spoofster, so what do you think, Jared? <sighs> Spoofing. Uh, I, I love the first Austin Powers movie. I watched that movie yeah. a lot when... Uh, 
It's good. It was one of because it was like to me it was like a real sleeper because it was one of those movies that I watched on VHS. I didn't see it in theater. I, I I watched it on tape, and it seemed like a movie that I don't know. It didn't seem like anyone really cared about. But I also felt that way about The Matrix when I finally rented it from Blockbuster, and I was like, "This is a pretty good movie." It was like, like what an indie hit. Yeah, it's this small little indie movie that that turned out okay. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, Austin Powers one's pretty good. Uh, mm-hmm. I I was pretty hyped for Austin Powers 2, The Spy Who Shagged Me. Yeah. I saw that in theater. I believe that was mm-hmm. also for uh Lawrence's birthday. Ooh. I believe. I had the I had the Austin Powers 2 soundtrack. I had that one as well. It was good. Listen to that Madonna. Yeah. Beautiful stranger and you go, na, yeah. Na, na, na. That is and me. Burt Bacharach. Oh, yeah, it's good what, stuff. What what do good. you what do you get, RJ? Um I'm trying to think of the last part of that song. What do you get? That's it. That's all I got. In dun, 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 dun. Remember, remember Heather Graham? Uh, I do. I do. She's still uh, around? She was in something um, something that I watched recently, actually. I can't remember what it was. Maybe it was a TV show that Andrew and I watched, that but uh, she was in something very recently. Do some prestige TV? Something like that, yeah. Uh, and then, I mean, the like gold member isn't the best it's got some good stuff in there but it's a little bit tired at that I, point yeah i uh i think I've, I've i've told you my gold member story right uh i don't know this sounds like <laughs> so, news to so me. I, I did not see this in theater um okay this movie looked real bad from the trailer yeah. and i was like i can't do this i can't i'm, I'm beyond this it's it's, it's mm-hmm. done and then i think i finally like, might have rented it and <laughs> i did not last that long but i did I did burst out laughing with the uh, the cameo of Danny DeVito. Yes, uh, that mm-hmm. th- that was really funny. And then mm-hmm. it's all downhill from there. Yeah, <laughs> there's I think there's a couple more jokes that I, I like from it, but that the in the intro and then the very end with Tom Cruise. Those those two jokes are pretty pretty real good. There's a couple good jokes in it, but well, so uh, it's it's such a weird thing. So like Austin it's Powers, is, there. it's a spoof of James Bond movies. Yeah, but James Bond is also kind of like a spoof itself. Yeah, like I mean, it doesn't. But feel, it takes it, itself seriously, though. Eh, does it? Some of them do. Some of them. A lot of them Some don't. Of them. They're they're pretty jokey. But I mean, if you think about the history of the spy genre, I mean, it's so weird because like I didn't know this really till. I was reading something about the how like genre goes through these cycles and mm-hmm. westerns. You'd go through like kind of like the the, the the growth period, then you get the classical period, then you get like almost the parody phase, and then you get the mm-hmm. revisionist phase, and it's just, it goes around and around. So like when the James Bond movies were coming out, those were like this that was the spoof era for spies, mm-hmm. and uh, because before that, the spy stuff was around all the time, but it wasn't well. Exa- the Pierce Brosnan for sure. Well, that was way, but even like the. The sixties, I mean, the sixties Bond stuff. It's all, no sixties too. Like those Sean Connery movies, they're super campy. Yeah, they're not. They're not like they don't feel like uh, straight movies compared to like other sixties action movies from the same period. They're they're yeah. played pretty tongue in cheek. I mean, I guess it's just the new ones that are that take themselves very yeah hyper seriously. Yes, because they're trying to revitalize everything, bring yeah. it back to the roots. But one day it'll get goofy again too. Well, because that was even more of the uh, the response to the Bourne movies. Yeah. Yeah, because people wanted serious ass, ass kicking. Serious ass, ass kicking. They wanted some serious ball torture. That's what they wanted. Ooh, I'm always a fan of that. Yeah. 
Uh, but yeah, I, I love Austin Powers. I think, what was it, two weeks in a row we were talking about Austin Powers or something mm-hmm. like that? I think those first two movies are great. Fucking incredible, Jared. Incredible. Spoof movies. I don't know. Is there any others that I'm totally not thinking of? Uh, I liked Naked Gun. Naked Guns are good. good time. Hot Shots, a good time. The Spy uh, Who Dumped Me. Mm, I think, is that is that Leslie Nielsen as well? How about Fifty Shades of Black? No. Not not great. The, Scary Movie 1 and 2 are good. The Hungover Games. Mm, not much. Where do you fit on the scary scary movies? Bad. <laughs> Real bad. I, I think you should rewatch 1 and 2. 1 and 2 are pretty good. How about disaster Movie. Nope. Johnny English. There you go. Yeah, that one's not bad. Yeah, then... What about not another teen movie? No. How about, no. How about date movie? Uh, I think I did not like that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you ever see Black Dynamite? Uh, I, I've seen parts of it. I haven't seen the whole thing. I've just seen parts of it. Dynamite. Dynamite. What, what about Don't Be a Menace to South Central While Drinking Your Juice in the Hood? Mm-hmm. Indeed. Uh, I was, wasn't going to say about... Uh, there's a comic that uh, Jim Rugg did with a colleague called Aphrodisiac that I think is way better hmm. than Black Dynamite. It sounds cool. As a comic. Yeah, it's really neat. Just a, yeah. a good grasp, fun little jaunt through comic history and uh, the portrayal of uh, African Americans in comic books and then in the the heyday well no we're kind of like it's impacted though because the comics were also looking at the success of like the black exploitation movies and then kind of Mm -hmm. incorporate those things too it's pretty neat pretty neat little comic my friend really parody films like robin hood men in tights there was a sherlock holmes baffled short film from 1990 or sorry 1900 like nineteen zero zero nineteen hundred. Yeah, is it good? Uh, I bet you it's the best. Well, only How only about, a few people have seen a- it. Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. Uh, I like Abbott and Costello. Creature, I haven't watched them in years. M- but... Remember Creature from the Haunted Sea? Uh, is is the, that supposed to be a spoof? The Corman movie? Yeah, apparently. I thought that was serious. Did you? Hey, I don't know if you saw, but this Friday, Roger Corman's going to be on uh, um, Last Drive-In with Joe Bob, and he wouldn't come on to our podcast. Shameful. Interesting. Doctor Strange Love. Uh, as a parody? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I thought we were still on spoof. I, I mean, like, as far as like a pale as a. I guess it's, I mean, it's a comedy, and I guess it's a parody of, of like, real life and uh, political films. Yeah. But. So would being there would also kind of fit into that spoof. I don't know. I, I don't, I'm, a political spoof, or a political it, it, parody. I don't know if it has the, the energy. How about, how about uh, John Carpenter's Dark Star? <laughs> the movie's hilarious. How about, how about Flesh Gordon? Flesh Gordon sounds okay. Is yeah. it good? No, it's really no. bad. Really, really bad. Mm, that's a bummer. Real bad. Anyways, that's spoofing. Spoofing. Spoofing IP addresses all over the place. Mm. Did you look up boofing? Not yet. Go look to up. movie question of the week. Speaking of shagadelic Canadians, what are your favorite Mike Myers movies? I really need to watch, so I married a axe murderer again. 
That movie's great. I've never seen oh. it. You've never seen so? Well, no, I don't know. It was, you... on t- it was on TV pretty much all the time, but I never yeah. cared about it. Um, yeah, Mike Myers, I don't care about. That's. I was gonna say you're not a huge Mike Myers guy, so. No. I think so. I married an axe murderer is great. First two awesome powers are great. Wayne's World, great. Great. You can't go wrong with any of those. Any of them, Jared. And then, like, that's about it. Other than the Shreks, what, right? What, what Love Guru? Oof, no, not Love Guru. Oh, you loved it. You like you, uh, like you like all that crap, don't you? Not Love Guru. How about Inglorious Bastards? I mean, he was good in that. <laughs> For his, I, I thought, his his scene. Yeah, his scene was good. He he does what he needs to. So, you know, that's what it's all about, right? Yeah, he had a pretty good like string of uh, success there, didn't he? Oh yeah, Wayne's World and so awesome married an ex-murderer, and, and then Austin Powers and Shrek, mm-hmm. a force to contend with, and then the Cat in the Hat <laughs> and the Love Guru. Well, Doctor Seuss tried to kill a bunch of our Canadian icons: Mike Myers with Cat in the Hat, Jim Carrey with The Grinch. Like they were, they, they were going after all of us. Canadian there. funny men. Yeah. What about Fifty Four? Do you remember Mike Myers in that I, movie? I, I do. I, I, I watched that movie when did it come out? 98. So I was eight years old and I watched that. And I was like, I don't understand. Yeah. I was like, what is this? I remember that. Yeah, I, I still don't understand. I no. haven't watched it since, but uh, I, think, I, I think that movie might have been like a hard R in uh, Canada. So I couldn't have seen it if I wanted to. I think my brother rented it. Like, mm-hmm. and I watched it on VHS and I was just like, I don't get it. No, you would. That's, no. That's all I was saying was, I don't get it. Foodie question of the week. What foods mm-hmm. did you used to eat, but now you find pointless and don't bother with anymore? Baked Ooh. beans for me. Shocking. Bean. I love baked beans. Baked beans are amazing. Yeah. You got to bake some more beans, baby. You got to give what? them another shot. How, them another how, shot. how are they pointless? I don't get it. I, don't... I love baked beans, man. Mm-hmm. One of my one of my favorite meals is like... Uh, is baked beans. I know you eat it by the can. Uh, I haven't. You know, I have. Uh, I think I hit my wall with canned baked beans. But man, uh, if I'm gonna, if I cook up like a crock pot. Mm-hmm. Mm. Actually, I was. Uh, um, Andrea and I went to uh, her sister's. Um, there was a little barbecue on Saturday or Sunday, and uh, my brother-in-law got a smoker, and I was like, "You ever?" Thing about putting some baked beans on there and he's like i haven't he's like but maybe next time you guys come over i will and i was like yeah me i was like try to make that happen mm. smoked baked beans Jared. smoked beans you uh you, you going to put anyone at risk this weekend for father's day no i think we uh we were gonna go see my dad but just outside and i usually wear a mask around him because he's a little older so i, I try to be careful but uh, i don't get too close I've only seen him like twice in the last year, I think. So, oh. but no, I think that'll be about it. Go go sit outside in the in the backyard for a little, and that's about it. Can't even sit down and watch some dad cinema. Can't, can't put on I, some uh, Planet of the Apes. <laughs> unfortunately, not. And he's a he's a big dad cinema guy. Remember Taurus Bulba, Jarrett? Mm-hmm. So, I wish, I wish, but oh well, better safe than sorry. Game so what's a food that, talk. What? Did you say anything that turned on you that you don't food? like to eat anymore? Jeez, I don't know. 
I don't know. It's tough. It's trying to think of like a food. I'm like I don't because I wouldn't just eat it anymore. So I wouldn't think yeah. about it anymore. Well, I, I mean, deli I have meat. A... Honestly, deli meat is something I would have probably oh. ate for a long time. I know. I know you uh, do it for your protein pickups, but I, I, I don't know. There's like ground beef in general. Like I'll eat hamburgers, no problem. But cooking with ground beef, not, not my thing. Uh. I find, yeah, yeah. yeah, the very old, like the the amount of fat that you have to like contend with. Like, what do you do with it? You just you, collect. You, you collect, strain it. Yeah, yeah. And you just now you have this jar of fucking uh, beef fat, and you're like, well, there it is. I usually put it in a can, like an yeah. old can of baked beans, and I'll just wait till it yeah. cools, throw it in the garbage. Put it into a can of baked beans. Well, like it, like an emptied can. I see. I'll I'll, I'll usually strain it in there, and then once it cools, just throw that in the garbage. Yeah. Is uh, what I think. I don't know. There's not a lot of foods for me, but I think I've mentioned before, garlic and onions have kind of turned on me. So that's, I, that's super sad. It, yeah, I loved garlic, and I I didn't care that I like if I reeked or anything. I was like, I don't give a shit. I love garlic, but uh, it's a little tough now. So oh well. What do you do? No. Yeah. Oh. Game, game, game talk. Ooh. What are your thoughts on the Mega Man games? I had a blast grooving to the music in those games and watching my friends beat them when I was a kid, but I got the remastered collection of them a few years ago for PlayStation, and damn, they are hard. I need to find a version that lets you save at any point of the game you want. Thanks for the time, Jensen. Have a great show. Cheers. Uh, nice to hear from Justin. Um, I think if he wants that, I think if he just gets one of the uh, the newer collections, they should be able to save, no? I don't know. Or just play it on an emulator. <laughs> Yeah, an emulator would save too. Do you where where do you sit on Mega Man? Because I have a I have a few opinions. I love Mega Man X because I mm-hmm. think it's a lot more, a little bit more fair and balanced mm-hmm. of a game to play. Um, I always give my shot at Mega Man Two, and mm-hmm. that's a game you have to get better at. You have to get good. That's that's yep. the problem with being a Mega Man fan is like everything about it seems like, oh, this is so cute and like fun. And it's like, oh, so great. But then you actually play and you're like, holy shit, these games are hard. And like mm-hmm. you have tons of life and all of a sudden you're dead. And you're just going boom, 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 boom. Yeah. Yeah. They, they're super hard. Yeah. Those fucking last levels. Like it's one thing to beat all whatever, eight of the, the man's mm-hmm. and then you then you have to go after wiley but fuck like how do you have to do it all over again you have to like mm-hmm. and it's harder and you have to fight weird weird bots and oh, those are tough it's games tough. but very memorable and yeah some pretty sweet tunes mm-hmm. pretty sweet i do think um I think I've beaten X with a friend of the show, Ryan Nagel. I think like yep. one night we like we like put it down. Mega Man X is really good. Yep. I have uh, I think I I have almost all of them. I have X. I have X two, uh, and then I I think I have one to six. But there's there's just one I'm missing. I can't remember. It's like four or five, Ooh, maybe five. Probably five. Yeah, and like five and six are hard come by as it is. But yep. I think it's maybe I got it. I don't know. I can't remember. I. I maybe completed it. What about but, uh, seven? What about seven and eight? Uh, were those the PS one ones? Uh, I think a couple so... of them were on PlayStation one, like maybe seven or eight. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I I have one to six ish, and then I've X Mega X2. Man seven on the Super Nintendo. Oh, well, 
Maybe I have. Maybe I don't have Mega that Man. One. I, I have 8. a good chunk. Of Mega one. Man Eight was for PlayStation. There you go. That's what I thought. Um, yeah, maybe it's Saturn. and Saturn and the Saturn. Well, who doesn't have a Saturn? Um, and then did you ever uh, download Mega Man Nine, Mega Man uh, Ten? I'm sure I have them some like some on something. Yeah, I think Mega Man's awesome. The music's great. Like super cool, super cool. It's always, the best. You I, can just jam I, out. I always love the uh, the box art for Mega Man Nine. For uh, Mega Man Nine, which no, is that I, one? I, I, I can send it to you here. Okay. Big man. Oh. Scared? Share screen? No, 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 no. No need to do that. Don't share screen. No, Get out of no, here with no, that. No, no, no. Oh, it's a sad unicorn you sent me some time ago. There we go. <laughs> oh. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that looks like. I've seen, awesome. I have seen it before. I thought that was older, even though, like, yeah, that's the intention. Man, I like that he has a gun arm, but also is <laughs> holding gun. a gun in his hand as well. Like, just to really emphasize that this dude loves guns. Mm-hmm. That's, that's good stuff. That's it's wicked, wicked. Yeah, Mega Man's awesome. I agree. You agree? Well, yeah. So, yeah, everyone should play Mega Man. Sure. It's tough, but if you beat it, you get a lot of reward out of that. It's tough, but fair. Tough, but fair. Just like us. That's right. Finally, Sam Sanchez. No subject. Oh, my God. (laughs) The very first question. (laughs) This might might be pretty short today. Just a few quick things to touch on. Video game talk. I'm a pretty big 2D platformer boy and would recommend... Oh, yeah, I know what he's talking about. Kaz and the Wild Masks? Uh, oh, fuck. Someone... Uh, I think Oliver Granger sent me that. I'm playing it's, on... a, it's like a squirrel thing, right? Maybe. I'm playing on PS4, and I'm pretty sure it's on everything else. Gameplay yep. style is very similar to classic DKC and mm-hmm. mixed with the newer Rayman games that tickles your pickle. Uh, I actually do like the new Rayman games. I have... Uh... I have one on um, uh, Wii U. It's like Rayman Legends. It was good. Yeah, it was fun. I think Sam's mentioned uh, the Rayman before. And you, you're fondest. I've, yeah, I've never played a Rayman. Yeah. I don't think. Yeah, but Ray- Rayman's good, dude. Classic Donkey Kong is uh, pretty awesome. Still, I played yeah. through one and two. You know, whatever six months ago, and yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah, the D- the DKs are super good. Um, uh, and I mean, this kind of fits into news, but uh, did you see any of the Nintendo stuff now that you're uh, playing games again? I mean, I haven't played. What, what's what's the news? Well, they they had they just had a like their direct yesterday. So the the hype was that there was gonna they were gonna announce a new Donkey Kong game, which they didn't, which is <laughs> a bummer. But they did announce. I don't know if you saw Metroid Dread, and it looks good. Like it looks really good. <laughs> So it's Metroid 5. Uh, I just saw a headline. Burn in the USA. Canadians who got the AstraZeneca vaccine can't see Springsteen on Broadway. So they're allowing other vaccines in, but not AstraZeneca? Yeah, only FDA-approved vaccines will be accepted at the first Broadway show since the pandemic again. Oh. Weird. Uh, Okay. Good. Oh, it's like, what about the people who go, yeah, I got one, and then are just lying? Well, yeah, because you can't. It's it's all very silly. It's all very silly, Jarrett. But anyways, 
you should when we're done you should check out the preview for metroid dread because it, it looks cool man it's in it'll be 2d like uh metroid dread yeah that's what the big announcement yesterday was is it like fighting judge dread or is it like it's like a, dread. Se- a sense of dread a sense of dread so it's like you're uh it's met so it's metroid 5 you're samus and you're running through and then there's a, a robot and basically the Ooh. idea is if it, if it catches you you die it's a you just you can't escape it. It's it like, looks it's like awesome. Resident Evil Three, uh, kind of, kind of. I watched the trailer and then I saw some of the like they were showing some of the gameplay yesterday. It looks really good. Like that's yeah. Really good. I mean, what you described sounds uh, pretty neat. And if yeah. like and if you know who's working on it, is it some good dudes or is it like no? It's bad it's the hombres. Good no, it's the it's the good development team. Okay. Well, because and they started too. They're like, we know everyone wants to hear about Metroid Prime Four. They're like, but we're not ready yet. But they're like, but check this out. And then it was like Metroid Five, and then you had the trailer. It was cool, man. And it, uh, yeah. So you just you're running around like a like a normal Metroid game, but uh, there's this the robot Emmy thing, uh, or it's called Emmy, and it's chasing you the whole time. If it catches you, game over. Hmm. It looks looks really good. So. If uh, Sam's into these 2D things, uh, I bet he's going to be interested in that. He can use his kid's Switch. Okay. Now i got to look up uh, Kaz and the Wild Masks, if that's how it's yeah. pronounced. Yeah, K-A-Z-E, and then you'll find it. This looks cool, too. I- I'd give this a shot. But that was the big news, Jared. There was a couple other things, too, like uh, this is the most, some Zelda this, news in there. This, uh, i got to say, this character design leaves something to be desired. But yeah. But yeah. that that still could be a good game. It just sometimes, yeah. yeah well, that looks kind of like uh, what is this like Bugs Bunny? <laughs> like big yeah, ears? it's like a big rabbit, and there's like killer carrots around or something. Ooh. I see what he means though by uh, DK and uh, Rayman. Looks like a mix between the two. It comes out uh, on Switch next week, Jared. Ooh. Listeners out there, it's my birthday soon. <laughs> You can donate to RJ's pile of games that he doesn't play. Uh, I'm playing Super Mario Sunshine right now. Oh. I actually, I, I, I didn't, I don't think uh, I forgot yesterday. I played a, a text game. Did I tell you about that? Nope. It's called Untold Stories. It's basically, I think they're trying to be like Stranger Things, but it was like an old computer and it was like a text-based thing. It was pretty, it wasn't bad. Okay. It was pretty good. It's like two hours to play through the whole thing. So I, I appreciated that. And I've never played Sunshine, so I wanted to try. Sight. <laughs> uh, last week, Sam continues, in your mm-hmm. episode 250, congrats, by the way, RJ mm-hmm. made a reference to a future episode 800 and constant joking about ending it all, which I thought was pretty coincidental since six days prior. Film Junk hit their actual episode 800 and made references to ending it right there on the show. Ala Bud Dwyer. Aw, see, I was going to say Bud Dwyer earlier when we were talking about, like, going out with a bang. Um, mm-hmm. But I was like, oh, does anyone know who Bud Dwyer is? But I don't. Oh, dear. I'll tell you What about is it. a Bud Dwyer? <laughs> Go look it up, RJ. Between the two podcasts, I just love how much all of you seemingly love the hole you've dug yourself into at this endless endeavor. Uh, yeah, it's a nightmare. We, we, we all hate it. Okay. I'm looking up Robert Bud Dwyer, who was a uh, buddy Dwyer, 30th treasurer of Pennsylvania. Is Correct. this the guy you're talking about? Yep. That's one, the one and only, uh, teacher, politician and corruption. And then 
You should look did at the he kill himself. You should look. Yeah, he did, but you should look at the images. Suicide. Yeah. Oh. On, on live, oh. live. It was live, pal. Oh, I didn't re- like. I knew that. I knew that guy. I didn't realize his name was Bud Dwyer. I didn't realize it was that guy. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, we could do that. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you a little bit more later. Uh, okay. Lastly, I'm surprised Jared, being the big stonk boy he is, did mm-hmm. call out the similarities to the premise, or didn't call out the similarities, maybe even say, to the premise of the producers to what might actually be happening in the stonk world. Um, is that a thing? I don't know. I don't just, there's, like, I, I'm always assuming that the stonks are always like some sort of scam. Something about pumping and dumping. Ugh. Making a, ugh, thought <laughs> so that's different than pump, rumpy pumpy RJ. This is pumping and dumping. Do you see? I don't know if it is different. It's very different. Oh my god, I I, I feel like there's all sorts of trouble coming out of out of this one. We're canceled hey, now. Have you ever pumped and dumped RJ? I uh, I think I gotta call my lawyer. This is bad. This is, this is getting real bad. All right, all right. But continue. Anyway, so I'm, I, I'm not actually sure what uh, he means by this. I mean, it's like if you throw a rock and you'll find corruption in the world of stocks and whatnot. So I don't know. Uh, how, how's your how are your bitcoins doing, RJ? Any any tips on the on the the, the crypto exchange? Um, I'd say the biggest thing you gotta invest in is war bonds. Ooh. That'll it helps you out and it helps the country out too. A beautiful sentiment. Yeah. 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 All right, guys, that is it for now. Going to check out the Severn website and see if there's anything that might interest me come their sale later this month. Never really dive too much into the Severn stuff. Have been cramming through my vinegar syndrome stuff recently. Wondering if Jarrett received his package yet. Yes, I have, Sam. Yes, I have. It showed up Monday. Is that good? It's fine. Am I yeah. have I watched anything from my last sale? No. <laughs> Are you will you ever watch anything from last sales? Like eventually, you know? eventually I'll be like fired up to watch movies again. So I'm kind of picking up the stuff I definitely would like to watch. The one thing that's mm-hmm. annoying is with uh Arrow, is they've been putting out these really cool box sets lately, like William Greff and some other random guy for like regional horror guy. But the sets are neat. And then I go on to Amazon.ca and I go pre-order them. And mm-hmm. they're not on there. And then I'm like, oh, well, I'll just wait till Unobstructed View has like a 50% off sale and buy them then. Because it seems like they're not limited. They just are available perpetually. And I've like chased down all these other sets and bought them like immediately. And I go, huh, I'm not even watching these. I guess I'll wait. I think the only one that I got kind of mm-hmm. uh, hosed on a bit was the Gamera set that they did do. That was super limited and vanished. But I think that was when uh, that was in the early days of the, the COVID ending. So. Mm. Which Gamera set? Like the 90s Gamera oh, stuff? All, it's all the Gamera. It's like all oh. every Gamera movie in one set. And now they've split it into two halves. So it's got like the Showa era. And then it's got like the mm. modern era stuff, which is the good stuff. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, well, I have the, I have the Showa one too, the Blu-ray. But yeah, it would it'd be cool to have all of it, all the all the cameras. Yeah, I I haven't seen a, uh, any of the old ones, other than maybe the first one. So I I check them out. Yeah, you would, yeah. would you? Yeah, would I've you? Watched, I watched all the Godzillas. I can watch all the cameras. You can. 
You can. After Star Trek, of course. <sighs> Speaking of which, yes. that's emails. Thanks, everybody. Yeah, thank R- you. RJ, what have yeah. what, what what you been creeping on this week? <laughs> well, you know there's only one answer. But before I talk about any of that, do you have anything that you would like to talk about? No, I didn't watch shit. Like, nothing. I know I, that's, that's not true. That's not true. I'm a liar. You made me a liar, RJ, about? you son of a bitch. You know what I, I did? You know what I watched upon what? the uh, discovery that Corpse made that this is on YouTube? Oh, right. Because I, I popped on Southern Discomfort, wrestling on the indie circuit, directed by Fred Olin Ray. I can't believe that you watched a Fred Olin May or Fred Olin Ray movie after Fred Olin May. It is shocking. It was on YouTube. It's like I, I, I can just like put it on my laptop and watch it wherever I need to be. I, I, I. Well, tell me about it. Is uh, it good? It's okay. So this is like compilation of footage. I think that Ray shot back in 1994. Mm-hmm. And then I guess in 2002, he decided, hey, wrestling's hot. Mm-hmm. But he cashed in way too late because wrestling was not that hot by 2002, not as much as it was like three years earlier. So you get, you get like you know Iron Cheek and Bullet Bob <laughs> Armstrong uh, as, and I think it was it. You know, those are the two big guys I think in it. And then it's just a whole bunch of, as uh, Corpse mentions, mullets, and it's the some Alabama indie slammas slammas. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, I mean, I've seen uh, quite a few wrestling documentaries, and this one is just okay. There's just okay? Just okay. There's better ones. But, I mean, for, in terms of Fred Olin Ray, I mean, it, it doesn't feel like a Fred Olin Ray film at all. In, like, in a good way, or? Um, kind of in a bland way, because there's mm-hmm. nothing Fred Olin Ray in this. It could have been directed by anybody. Uh, oh. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Well, that's too bad. Yeah. What well, What would you have? Uh, how could a Fred Olin Ray have uh, spiced it up with his his signature touches? I mean, just like more uh, chesty bimbos. <laughs> like that. How chesty? Um, to the of the, uh, the Fred Olin Ray variety. Of the Fred Olin Ray chest. Yeah. His standard. But, I mean, this is what happens when you're re- regional Alabama. It's going to be a very different world than um, your your pool of available starlets in uh, Southern California. So, wait, is it was it anything kind of like um, Peanut Butter Falcon? Uh, I haven't seen that movie, so I, I don't know. It, it... I thought you watched that. Nope, you did. Huh. I think you'd like that movie. <sighs> I'm sure there's a lot of movies I'd like. Yeah. Well, maybe one day you'll watch it. Maybe. You know what? I, I have uh, I'm on season three now, Babylon 5. Oh, how's that going? Good. Yeah. It's, uh, now that, like, once you get into the, what the show is and what it's not going to be, and yeah. you, you become fine with that. I did get to watch the Brad Dourif episode last night. And? and oh RJ, this thing is such RJ bait. It's it's ridiculous. RJ, what do you what? How do you feel about Catholic guilt? Oh, 
baby. Let me. How much time do you have? Hey, when you have Brad Dourif, sci-fi and Catholic guilt, and it's all entwined through his like one-off character, it's all it's all there. Could I watch it just uh, without knowing and without watching any other no. Babylon Five? Ah, no. shit. He's just gonna you just gotta watch the show, and then when he shows up, it's like, oh, Brad Dourif's here. And he's the best actor of the entire, like, that we've seen in a long time. Like, it's all TV acting pretty well, but then mm-hmm. he shows up. You're like, oh, he's actually good. He's the best actor in any room that he's in. It's like when he was on Voyager, and you're just like, how did they get Brad Dourif on here? Because he is infinitely better than everybody. Everyone. Yeah. And it's funny, because then uh, Star Trek Voyager then kind of says, hey, let's do something with Brad Dourif. And he's also going to be a serial killer. Or was it he did Babylon 5 first? Yep. Ah, I gotcha. Yeah, by a year or so. Mm. Well, I mean, makes sense, but yep. fuck, he's good. Brendan's so good, Jarrett. So good. He's so good. He's very dece. But yeah, that show's, yes. that show's gone. Uh, there's like some pretty, again, the, the special effects hold that show back, I think, all sadly. I, but ah. if you can accept it for what it is, for its like weird charm, I think the writing mm-hmm. on it's really good. Uh, I think the character work for the most part is like outstanding. Like you're just gonna yeah. be watching this, and it's kind of like, hey, what if you had uh, Gal Dukat and Garrick as like kind of supporting the, the characters leads. that are well, not even their lead. They're not even the leads. They're just oh. like like major supporting characters, more prominent, and it's and they're just like uh, and they're like. Bad shit happens to them. You're like, oh fuck! I really want like the guy I didn't like at all. I really want. To, I want to see the lizard man like get his revenge so bad now. <laughs> oh, yeah. that's kind. Of, see, that's good character like, writing. Yeah, when... yeah. Liz- lizard alien man versus yeah. Napoleon guy. Like you, you, it's like it's so good. That sounds cool. And then you, have, so, uh... then you have like crazy uh, Earth getting more and more racist and xenophobic. Mm. Uh, it's Which good, is true. It's, it's good. To- yeah, it's it's good times. What is there? Five seasons. Five seasons. Uh, they are long at seasons though too. They're like twenty two per episode or, or per, uh, per season. season. Yeah, and then there's technically five movies that I. Oof. But they're like all uh, after the fact. No, the well, the, or are they in between so, the seasons? So the the first movie is like a pilot, and it is yeah. like almost like uh, I watched three seasons now, and there's been only about two references back to that. Mm-hmm at all they, they they introduce some core mechanics and then half of the cast is replaced by completely different actors um the the the, the goofy captain from the first season is replaced with a guy who's like far more likable the michael douglas knockoff and yeah no it's good i i, I like it i think uh, you would i think you would uh Dig it? Gel, you would gel with it i'm sure i would it'll take me a while before i get to it mm-hmm. but it does sound like it's up my alley. Yeah, it's good. It's um, it's no. I mean, it, it doesn't have the polish of Star Trek. Yeah, but few things do. Few things do, but I think it's the type of story it's doing is far and above uh, what DS Nine was doing. I can yeah. see why people like argue about the merits of both, and there, yeah. there's just way more filler I think on DS Nine than Babylon Five. Yeah, which is just par for the course yeah. with track right but yeah i don't know and like the, the they both have really good characters but you could go it could go either way we'll see how i feel after uh another two and a half seasons though if they uh if they make good on what uh what they're building up to or if they fizzle 
Yes. Kind of. Yeah. Well, I'm rooting for you. And for the and for the Babylon Five boys. Mm-hmm. Mostly so that after that you can watch Red Dwarf. Oof. I know you're a big Red Can't Dwarf. Can't wait. Boy. Can't yeah. wait. Yeah, I know you're big big into that, so that's that'll be exciting. But yeah, I'll, it sounds good. I'll check it out. Are, are, are you gonna, just... are, are you gonna watch that thing this week then? The the thing that you've been holding off on? Oh, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I think I can I, I can actually get in this week now. Be- beautiful. Yeah. So uh, should I should I should I log it on Letterbox or should I wait until ah, we report lo- and then log it? Okay. I I have you watched these recently? Like a couple, a couple years ago. Oh, okay. Okay. I, I wasn't sure if you had watched them recently or if you were waiting for me, but no. yeah, I'll check them out this week. Cool. Cool. Yeah. So tell me about Neelix. Oh, fuck. Uh, so this is, this, this is the, what, the, last six, the last six episodes of season four. Yeah. That's six of season four. And then you're we're almost caught up to me. I'm on uh, I'm on episode five of season five. So oh. I, I slowed down pretty good. Okay pretty pretty good but uh yeah let's finish this bad boy off um so we've we are on uh 421 so 421 i have omega beams two two out of four stars like, like uh omega beams we, yeah like we, dark side we, like dark, like we're talking about apocalypse and dark side yeah yeah dark side is in here uh and this is actually it's a it's a high two it's not a bad episode it's actually kind of cool but there's uh there's a little bit of fluff in there uh, so this is the Omega Directive. Um, it's kind of got a cool setup. Uh, they're like flying around and then like a sensor goes off and then Janeway kind of gets like real nutty. And she's like, all right, cancel everything we're doing. We have to go here. And everyone on board is like, what? Why? Uh, so there is the detection of the Omega particle, Jared. And uh, it overrides all Starfleet directives, uh, even the Prime Directive, Jared. So uh, they have to go, and uh, basically it's just like uh, at one point on Earth, they were trying to, like, harness Omega particles, and it's just kind of like, I don't know, that there's some kind of science rationale to it where they're just like, if we have this, we could do anything, like that kind of thing. Uh, and they're like, but they tried it, and it didn't work, and they realized it was bad. So they're like, if, we, if you ever encounter it, you have to go out there and basically destroy it. Uh, is the idea um so that's what this whole episode is about like the signal goes up and then janeway doesn't want to tell anyone but uh seven of nine knows because she's real smart and uh i think she kind of like wants it because it'll be helpful to the borg and stuff like that even though she's not like she's almost out of the borg there's an episode coming up where she's just like i'm voyager now i'm not i'm not just borg so it's coming up um but it's not a bad episode it's not a bad episode you, you do meet some people like doing other stuff and like Voyager kind of look like terrorists. They like come in and they like fuck the place up and then leave, which is actually a, a story, a big storyline in season five where Voyager gets seen a lot as uh, the villains because they just they're like ripping through the galaxy, blowing shit up. And it's just like, yeah, they would come off like pricks kind of mm-hmm. to the native peoples. Yeah. You know, um, but yeah, not a bad episode, Jared. Not bad. Not bad. Not bad. A high two out of four. A high two? Yeah. A high two is, uh, in my books, is a watchable app where you put it on, you go, okay, not bad. A low two is not worth your time. But a high two is okay. Uh, here's a, a low two for you. Uh, 422, <laughs> Chakotay versus Love. I beg your pardon? Uh, 
This is a Chakotay versus V love. Okay. This is a really weird episode. So 422 is called Unforgettable. Uh, and it's they encounter this alien species, and the species is like they have like powers that aren't exactly defined, where it's like they either move through time or they create alternate timelines or they mess with people's memories. But you're introduced to a lady in Chakotay and then you see that like they had a life together at one point, but like they're not allowed to. So the, the alien people keep coming back and wiping their memories kind of because like Chakotay and this lady keep falling in love. It's kind of weird. Uh, especially cause like every once in a while they build up that Chakotay and Janeway are into each other. But so mm. once in a while, yeah, yeah. Once in a while they bring in like, they're like, but look, even though he likes Janeway, he's still sexually active, um, <laughs> which is, I think what they were going for here. <laughs> Cause they, they do it once in a while with him, which is Ooh. like, it's like, that's fine. Whatever. Uh, but it is uh, sexually active Chakotay. Sexually active Chakotay. That could have been, that should have been my review. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's kind of weird because like you're watching for a little bit and then it kind of goes back and then they meet for the first time again and then they do it again and then it kind of goes back. So it's kind of like a loop thing, but like no one else is really being it's not really a loop. It's just they're erasing their memory. It's fine. I gave it a two. Yeah. It's not great, but it's it's OK. Like nothing, nothing crazy. Uh, Here is a weird one, Jarrett. Directed by uh, Tuvok, I think. Yeah, yeah. So he directed it, uh, and it's got a very good rating. Um, but I have uh, I have quite a bit to say, and this is where uh, so this is four twenty three, and this is where the term revisionist history gets brought up into Star Trek, uh, and so. This is also another review could this, of this could be, you know, that meme that's just like, are we the baddies? Question mark. Okay. Uh, so in this episode, it starts out and the Voyager crew is bad. And my God, their hair in this episode is <laughs> fucking crazy they all like to show to signify that they are not themselves they all have different hairdos and you're just like you're watching you're like what is going on you're like it's clearly not them they all like they all have weird hairdos but this idea this episode's kind of like what if voyager turned bad because they're like fuck this shit we're gonna go home and we're gonna blow up people along the way uh this episode takes place like uh what is it 700 years in the future from voyager and they really, they really write themselves into a hole in this episode, and I, I I find it kind of strange that they would, they would pigeonhole themselves like this. So, anyways, this episode, Janeway does a Cisco, uh, and uh, it shows that she is uh, working with terrorists so that she can get home faster. Uh, and so this picks up seven hundred years later, and you have this species that uh, Janeway and Voyager were terrorists too, and they are telling the history. They're like planet and we were winning but then the starfleet humans came and they had technology that was better and they wiped out our whole planet and we've only now recovered and now we have peace with the other planet but they are bad guys uh and that's where their revisionist history comes into play so in this future voyager is really bad and you're kind of like well clearly that's not what happened uh but then they 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 have voyager they have the ship 
and they activate the doctor on it. And I was just like, hmm. Uh, and the doctor, like the whole episode is him explaining. It's like, no, we weren't the bad guys. He's like, your people were the bad guys. And he's like, we were trying to help both of you. You guys were the terrorists and you blew yourselves up kind of thing. So it's like, it's not bad in that sense, but uh, the build up to it, I was very kind of like, for, at first I was like, I hate this. I was like, I don't know what this is, but I don't like it. Cause it just seemed like a one-off, like what if episode. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I hate this shit. Um, but then I was kind of like, well, it's not a bad idea where it's like some of the people that they come across, it's like, yeah, they, they probably would view them as bad guys. Uh, the only thing that I find strange is that they would, they would make an ending for the doctor here. And like, they could, they could write around this for sure. Cause like, so these people have Voyager, they have the doctor. And then at the end of the episode, the doctor gets in a shuttlecraft and is flying back to earth. And he's like, I wonder if they ever made it home. And it's like, kind of like that. And I was like, so are they going to write them out or they could either just forget this episode completely and move on, or they could like write it out where it's like, maybe they change ships and they take the doctor with them. And then it's like a different version of the doctor left on Voyager or something. But anyways, I thought it was weird. Cause it was like, I feel like they're uh, writing themselves into a, a quarter on this one by giving like something near the end of the line. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's a weird episode, Jerry. So, the reception of this episode though is crazy. Like good or bad? Good. Um, yeah, I, I know. Den of Geek ranked score. it the second best episode of Star Trek Voyager, like of all mm-hmm. of them. Uh, Sci-Fi ranked Living Witnesses one of the top ten episodes of Voyager. Um, yeah. Rent ranked the second best episode of Voyager. Living Witnesses. Mm-hmm. Whoa, this is this is egregious. Sixth best Star Trek episode overall out of the no. seven hundred plus episodes. No, hard, hard, hard disagree on that one. Yeah, I don't think it's even the second best Voyager episode. To be very honest, uh, and it's like I said at first, I I absolutely did not like this for the first twenty minutes. I was like, this sucks. I hate this. And then it, it did it did kind of change on me a little bit after. So I guess it's good in that sense. It's probably a three out of four is what I would say. Mm-hmm. But uh, I I don't I don't agree with uh, how high other people rate it. It's definitely an interesting episode, but it's got it does has a it's got a little bit of funk on it. You well, know what I mean? I see. You know I what see. I mean? I, I, I yeah. see. I see. But I, I do kind of like the idea that they're seen as the bad guys, and that does actually come up quite a bit in the next next couple episodes here. So so what you're saying is they didn't find a way home this week. Not this week. Damn. But uh, It's been a while since I've mentioned that, but, I mean, has there been a, has there been a way home lately? There, There's a few coming up. Okay. Not, in the net, not in the rest of Season 4, but in Season 5, there there's a few coming homes. So we, but anyways, I don't know. You might be interested in that episode. It's kind of, if you were watching Voyager, it'd be one of the ones to actually watch. But uh, if you weren't watching Voyager, then it doesn't matter at all. Hell of a um, thing. So I got three episodes left for you, Jared. Okay. 424. Uh, Harry Kim gets kidnapped again. We haven't had one of these in a while. It's been a while. The, the Wayne watches. I, 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 feel like the sh- I, I feel like the series has forgotten about... Uh... About Harry Kim. Do you, do you think, is there any reason why do you think that they have perhaps forgotten about Harry Kim? I can't, they just don't have anything for him. They, uh, well, I mean, he says that Seven of Nine really, uh, really took out Stole Harry Kim. 
stole his thunder, stole the spotlight. They uh, they just couldn't move on without him, or they did move on without him because of her. But he gets kidnapped again. Uh, but the entire ship gets kidnapped too. Oh, so. so that's like a technicality. He, he gets kidnapped first. Him and Tom Paris. Oh. And then everyone else gets T- kidnapped. Old TP. Yeah. So this is a uh, 424 is Demon. This is actually, it's not a bad episode, but I think the ending is shit. Uh, so <laughs> I, I don't know. Oh. It's high two or low three because it's actually a cool idea. But once again, Jane Wayne uh, buckles to the slightest request. And this is my biggest problem with Janeway. A lot of people are like, Janeway's the best captain. It's like she always caves to like people's like weird shit. So this episode is a uh, resource fetch quest, which is a very common theme on Voyager where it's always like we're low on resources and energy. Yeah. We have to go get some. So uh, this episode's called Demon. They have to go to a demon planet, which is a class uh, Y class planet. And the reason it's called Demon is because it's like inhospitable to humans. So uh, they they can they can survive in their like suits, but only for like an hour or something like that. And then they have to leave. Right. So they go, and then this goo gets Tom Paris and Harry Kim, and then uh, the rest of Voyager find them, take them back, but then they're acting kind of weird, and then you find out that the Harry Kim and Tom on Voyager are just clones made from the goo, uh, and they, it's like That's... a sentient goo. Ooh, my and, favorite uh, kind of goo. Actually, uh, here's a, here's what IMDb says. Harry and Tom beam down and make accidental contact with a gooey life form. <laughs> So in, even in IMDb, it's like, it's goo. Uh, so the goo wasn't sentient before people came. And then when it hits people, it like, it takes on their knowledge. And so the goo is just like, we want to, we want copies of everyone because we, we like this, like this new physical form and we want to have it. And uh, Janeway's like, mm, she's like, I don't really want to give out my DNA to everyone. And they're like, please. And she's like, all right, we'll do it. She's like, I'll make, she's like, I'll ask everyone if they're okay with it. But uh, yeah, we'll give you everyone on board's DNA so that you can make uh, goo copies of us. And then they leave. And I was like, I, I, I really didn't like that because I was like, I feel like that's gotta be not just like super nerdy, like not just like a rule against Starfleet, just as in terms of like, I feel like she's compromising and negotiating with the terrorists here where they're like, we won't let you leave until you give us your DNA. And I was like, I don't know. It's kind of weird. Hmm. It's a weird episode. It's it's a it's a cool episode. I just didn't like the ending because I was like, I don't think that they should have give, given them the DNA. So that's just my Demon. that's just like my opinion, man. Demon. Yeah. So goo people. Would people. you give your DNA to a uh, goo? Not knowingly, not yeah. not willingly. Yeah. <clears throat> so, anyways, let's keep going. Four twenty-five. Why is everyone rapey with seven? Three out of four stars. Whoa. Uh, so this is the seven RJ. show. What? I didn't know. You didn't know what? Three out of four. Three out of four. Yeah. Well, so. This is uh, the individualism versus collectivism episode. Uh Oh, so 425 is uh, called one. They enter a toxic nebula because that is that happens about every three (laughs) or four episodes. Yeah. On Voyager. Um, And this episode is actually it's it's really good. Um, 
to make to get through the nebula it's going to take two months but uh it is poisonous to all human life forms so they all have to go into stasis the only people who can stay conscious are the doctor and seven of nine so seven of nine is put in charge of the ship and she is on her own and it's the first time she's ever been that and like her whole thing the entire time is being disconnected from the collective is like torturous for her because she doesn't like being alone because they like the hive mind collectiveness so this is a it's it's a really cool episode actually um so it's just her kind of going about her own business uh but then she starts to hallucinate and she's kind of working out her own demons jared uh but one of the things is a, a, a person appears that's also traveling through traveling through the nebula and he gets pretty rapey a little bit. He's like, so you're here all alone, huh? Let's get lonely in these starships. So there's no one else around. Is there? You're, it's just you on here. He gets a little forward, Jared, yeah. which eventually you realize it's part of her own thing and her fears of being vulnerable and on her own. And you're like, oh, OK, OK. But I like this episode. I thought it was good. Okay. Really builds seven of nine. Uh, And then the last episode, um, what do we got here? Uh, 426, Janeway gets kidnapped. Four out of four stars. Whoa. This is uh, Ray Weiss, baby. He he is here. Leland? Yeah, Leland Palmer himself. And he is Borgen, my man. Ooh. Uh, so this is another one. Uh, this is a good one where Janeway is the baddie and Voyager is the baddie again. So uh, Ray Weiss is a um, he's part of this like uh, alien race that like picks up on people's um, or he he knows every language in the universe. He can speak any language and they use him to come and like do coding for them and stuff like that. He's like, oh, yeah, I can help you out with coding. No problem. Um but then eventually what happens is you find out that this dude has a grind against Janeway because his entire race was killed by the Borg. And it was after Janeway helped the Borg get past species seven, eight, four, two, whatever it is after the, the flesh man, which I think would have been a way better name for that alien than species seven, eight something. Is he weird like bald alien this time? Uh, Ray Weiss? Yeah, in this one. Yeah, like he, and he's he, got kind of like a bulbous head. Yeah, because he was like a proto-Romulan before our next generation. Yes. Yeah, this one, he's kind of like a... a he's got a big, bald head. Yeah, and it's to show that his brain is big. Right. Uh, this is a... It's a really good episode. I like it because uh, my point for a lot of this has been that, like, Voyager is the bad guy because it's kind of like... When you see them, like, encountering these people, it's like... It's like, man, they're really burning a lot of bridges and doing the wrong thing. And like, I feel like they're, they're frequently making the wrong decision. But this guy, his whole thing, he's just like, he's like, your decision to help the Borg killed my entire civilization. And they try to rationalize it where they're like, if we didn't, the other species would have killed even more people. And he's kind of just like, he's like, those things don't line up. You can't, uh, it's like one tragedy can't be measured against another tragedy thing which i thought was kind of neat because i was like yeah that's a it's an interesting moral dilemma that's brought up in this, this episode is called hope and fear hope and fear so it's not, yeah, so it's he, not a two it's not a two-parter nope no nope. oh. uh i don't think so i i really 
I better check. I don't think it is. I don't think no, it's it. not. Okay. It's a one and done, and it's 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 actually I think it's better for that. Um, I don't know what was going on with season five, episode one, but it's uh, it's something. It, it seems like a throwaway episode. It's totally random. Hmm. Um, as a season opener, I thought they thought it was cute, but we'll get there next week. But no, yeah, this uh, season four ends strong. I like this episode because um, you see them doing stuff and you're just like, man, Voyager kind of sucks. They're kind of bad dudes. And and you're not just talking about the show. Yes. And the the, the crew members and the ship in general kind of suck. No. They're kind of bad dudes. Mm-hmm. So uh, I like that. It's good stuff. Anyways, that's the end of season four of Voyager. Uh, I am happy to report that in season five, there's actually there's been a couple good episodes, Jared. And you're only like six in. Uh, yeah, not even that. I didn't. I don't think I've even finished episode five yet. Oh my god! So actually, wait. I take that back. There's a good episode. A. But this, yeah, this. But, episode, hey, but, but you're also hitting season five of, of a Star Trek series. Which is usually shit city. Yeah, shit city. You know about shit city? I, I know about Star Trek. Ah, shit city, baby. Shit, shit city. Toot shitty. So that's it. So that's it, huh? Uh, yeah, I mean, I I could keep going, but it better not, because I don't know if I'll have anything else yeah, to talk see, about next you week. You have at least six for next week, and then you're back on, yep. uh, on demand. Back on demand. Well, we'll see if people um, care. They don't. I'll, so I'll save you yes. that uh, issue. No, they don't. That's, that's very true. Yeah. Okay. Uh, true, true. Yeah. So that's it. Uh, hey, you got any news? I do. I got news. Uh, what do you got? Like announcements or yeah, something? Yeah, I've got Criterion's this middle of the month. My my news was Metroid Dread, that's but we already talked about we, that. We did. You jumped the gun. So, that was it. That was it. Excellent. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's up with this, like... Disney face filter thing. The cartoon thing? Yeah. Don't use that because I've heard that it's they, actually like They all do that though. Every single like you you've already fallen yeah. victim to it. If you're you got old manned. I got old manned? Yeah, remember the one that you shared of yourself oh, old manned? I, I shared that. I didn't create that though. Someone else created that. Well, they, they, yeah, they, I did they, fall victim to it. Yep. But I think it's a way to just collect our, our facial information, which is every app, I, I suppose. Yeah, they they definitely want to know where you're at all the time. All the time. For, and forever. they do, mostly, but... Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just a trend, I guess. Right? Yeah, I've seen people doing it with, like, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and now I see someone doing it with Heat. Oh, why? To what end? I don't know. For the walls. For the to get those likes, get those likes. I think I think we're getting too far today. I saw release the Schumacher cut mm. trending, and it's just like it's not. It's like every I don't know. It's enough. It's yeah. not funny. No, no one cares. Just stop. <laughs> Relax. Move on. Be sad like we are. Okay. You, you, yeah. Be sad like us. Hey, you want to hear about some Criterion's coming out in September? You'll definitely be buying none of yeah for sure sweet okay so first off we're getting a re-release on blu-ray of mona lisa remember remember mona lisa with uh schmeet yep yeah i remember wait yeah that is bob hoskins right that is that is that is bob hoskins 
Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's cool. Maybe our episode will get a boost now. Yeah. People are like, should I buy this? And then I'll listen to our episode. And I don't know what the, what the impression will be that it's okay. Uh, yeah. But I mean, people are frequently disappointed with us when they go to their reviews of movies that they like. And we go, it's all right. So nothing new there. Uh, how about Gina Prince uh, Bythewood's Love and Basketball? Uh, that's cool. I've I've seen, actually, yeah, I've seen Love and Basketball. Have you? I think. Yeah, I mean, it's two thousand. You would have been ten when it came out. But I'm pretty sure. Right around when I was watching He Got Game, I think I watched Love and Basketball. I remember. I don't remember seeing this movie at like, AMB Sound. And stuff like that, and didn't really know anything about it. It had a good cover. It really stood out, you know. Love and basketball is like kind of like murky yellow color, I think. Yeah, something. So like that. Well, one day we'll watch that. And speaking of like another movie with a yellow font, uh, Throwdown by director Johnny Toe. Throwdown. There are two Johnny Two Johnny Toe Throwdown. From 2004. That sounds cool. Yeah, I mean, people are losing their shit, apparently, on the Twitter. Because they're like, oh my god, it's Johnny Toe. I can love him. Criterion put out all his movies. Because he makes, like, cry movies. So, it's kind of like, what were, we, what were we talking about the other week? Weepies? Man weepies? No, not man weepies. Gangster movies. Oh... So, throw, so Throwdown is about a uh, down-and-out judo champion. Uh, that sound, it sounds cool. Could be good. I haven't seen this one. I've seen some Johnny Toe, though. He's good. Good shit. Yeah. yeah. No, that sounds cool. Sounds cool. Yeah, so the people are really happy about that one. It's got kind of a off cover. I'm not a big fan of it. Kind of mm. don't like that painted look. Uh, yeah. We on the on the flip side though, uh, Lucino Visconti's The Damned is coming out on Blu-ray, which is a movie about uh, Nazis. But this oh. this fucking artwork on this Blu-ray, this DVD is awesome. Like it's absolutely gorgeous. I, I did see it earlier just on Twitter, and I was like, "Ooh, that looks." I was like, "That's a cool cover." George Pratt. Like, George Perez. Yeah, new you remember teen, him? New Teen Titans. Yeah. Oh yeah, he did the uh, he did the covers for uh, the Legends of the Dark Knight first like issue. Shaman. Ah, oh, cool. cool. He did those covers. Yeah, he's uh, he knows how to paint. He knows some some paint theory. He does. Yeah, he's good. He's a good one. That that po- that mm. image is really cool though. Uh, I guess like the big get for Criterion. Uh, Maybe is the uh-huh. Mar- no, sorry, the Melvin Van Peebles collection, four films, uh, including the story of a three day pass, Watermelon Man, Don't Play Us Cheap, and Sweet Sweetback's Badass Song. Okay, wait, but that's a that's a four pack, right? That is. So I I don't we we don't have to watch that, do we? We do. I don't want to watch Sweet Sweetback. Doesn't that have like some of the worst dog abuse in it? Out of like, anything? well, no, it's more like, <laughs> not don't don't rate it on a Duncan level. Rate it on an so, RJ level. No, it's more of like 
uncomfortable because you're like, wait a minute, that's a dead dog floating down that river. Where where'd you get them dead dogs? And then it's like, oh. How many? Uh, at least one. And it's like, oh, where'd you oh, get those? You got them from the pound after they be, they'd been put down. And uh, then they took the corpses yeah, and threw it down the river. And it's like, oh. I hate that. I'm, I'm so glad Criteria has gotten this movie. Oh, you, you you would hate that movie so much. And it's. Oh, I know. Yeah. Yeah, you're, you're a movie fan. And, like, I when I rewatched it not that long ago, I was kind of like, this is kind of crap. <laughs> like, this is kind of yeah. a crappy movie uh, just for, like, a lot of different reasons. It's mm-hmm. But here it is. I think Stupid. Watermelon Man is probably a more watchable. But, yeah. I I mean, I know. I, I'm happy, I'm, I've got my old-ass DVD of it. I'm fine with that one. Yeah. It's actually not too surprising because, like, I think they had Van Pebbles on the channel, like, Something like that a couple months ago. So, I mean, whatever. I the rest of the movies I'll watch for sure. But Sweet Sweetback, I've I've heard for a long time. People are like, not good. You you especially. Yeah. Or that I wouldn't like it. Like, yeah, you you're not gonna like that thing. Yeah. And that's that's too bad. Sad. Sad indeed. Oh uh, well. I think that's it for news. From me, I won't from be alive. Ben. From me to you, from you to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I guess that's that, that. mattress man. <laughs> we got a criterion to talk about. Sure. After the break, we're going to retire, but we're not going to get our pension. Headmaster, that son of a bitch. Getting cucked out hard. You've come to the right place then. The Criterion Creeps Podcast. We'll be right back. Fun, fun, rock and roll high school. 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 Fun, fun, rock and
you're back. This is the Criterion Creeps podcast, and tonight we're talking about the Browning version from 1951, directed by Anthony Asquith. Ooh. Remember that guy? That guy? Am I? Should I remember that guy? Sure. He's directed two previous Criterion films, RJ. <laughs> Can you recall them? I thought this was the first one. I got, I'm not going to lie to you. What were the other ones? Pygmalion. Oh. And the importance of being earnest. Well, well, well. I, I didn't realize the Pygmalion thing, but that makes sense now, actually. Yeah. Can we can we get this out of the way right now? Um, is this the worst title of a movie we've ever had? Well, it's a title. I, I bo- it is a title. But... What, would be a, what would be a better title? This is about school. <laughs> I, I mean, well, what does the Browning version mean? It is a, it's a throwaway line. It's it's very literary. I, I know, but like, so my mind... It's about the past. It's about like aspirations. It's about, it is an Browning? important thing. Yeah, it's talking about like the goal of... I mean, we'll, we'll get there, but it's about, yeah, I, I it's about I the croc. It's about the croc was interested in doing at one point, and it's about... I would have called it, like, overripe. It would have sounded like a Rodney Dangerfield movie. (laughs) (laughs) Exclamation mark. Just when I see Browning version, it makes me think of diarrhea. Interesting. Yes. Anyways. I don't know if audiences were there with you in 1951 on that one. Well, I was ahead of my time. I'm ahead of my time now. I was ahead of their time then, too. It's like the, was it that one episode of the X-Files, the Erlenmeyer flask? Uh, what happens? I don't know the titles. What happens in that one? I don't know. There's like aliens, <laughs> probably. Oh, I think I think uh, I think it's a season one episode. Okay, I'll look it up. You yeah. tell me about uh, the okay. brown. The tagline for this film, RJ. Sure. How could he look on and say nothing? It was his wife. <laughs> I um. I don't think that's the main takeaway from this this film. No. I feel like that's a side note. Mm-hmm. To be honest, so I mean that's fine that that's what they want to go with, but <clears throat> Andrew Crocker Harris has been forced from his position as the classics master at an English mm-hmm. public school due to poor health. As he winds up his final term, he discovers not only that his wife Millie has been unfaithful to him with one of his fellow schoolmasters, but that the school's students and faculty have long disdained him. However, an unexpected act of kindness causes Crocker Harris to reevaluate his life's work. That's definitely what happens. It's similar to that uh, the season finale of episode or. Of uh, the finale of season one of X Files, the Erlenmeyer Flask, where okay. Deep Throat tips Mulder to critically important cases involving missing fugitive and cloning and extraterrestrial viruses. <clears throat> yeah, but that's definitely the plot to that film. RJ, how how is your um, your Latin? Uh, it's not as good as it was, but I can. Yeah. Say uh, Fiat Lux. Do you know that one, Jared? <laughs> I'm aware of that one. <laughs> yeah, I'll let uh, I'll let listeners out there uh, figure that one out. I but, know. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's the one I got. How yeah. about you? Uh, my my Latin. Mm-hmm. Uh, Deus ex machina. It, just exquisite pronunciation. <laughs> right, right on, man. You, you did it. Yeah. That's that's a good one. Top notch. 
top notch. Anyway, so uh-huh. that, uh, so one number one, I've never seen this movie before. Number okay. two, uh, as RJ kind of alluded to, nothing about this title would make you run out and watch this movie. No, yeah, it's, it's, it just like, doesn't it's sound. Like interesting. There's there is something about the word brown and what your mind just comes to, and you go, I don't want anything to do with brown. Uh, there's actually a mm-hmm. book or an article about this very topic about brown and how brown is very neglected in painting and in like. Uh, even like artistic essays, like art essays and discussion about the use of brown in color, even though like brown is used all the time. Brown's a building Mm -hmm. block. Brown's great. Brown goes with everything. Brown's great. Mm -hmm. Lovely color. However, something about like, hey, you want to spend time with this thing? It's brown. How often do you hang with your brown? Um, Well, I was going to say that as a younger man, I would read Vertigo comics that DC mm-hmm. published back when. And it always had the reputation of being brown. Like it always had a very brown color palette, very mm-hmm. earthy and real. And sometimes I think for some people, it's like, that's this go away heat. That's just makes me hear something called brown. You go, no, nah, mm-hmm. I want, I want colors, man. I have a brown shirt. Yeah. And uh, I don't mind it. Yeah. I don't it, mind it. Is it brown or beige? It's brown. Yeah. Khaki? Khaki? Uh, it's like a Carhartt like shirt kind of. It's like it's like it's just a brown shirt. I see. Yeah. No, I, I know what you mean though. People do shy away from the brown. People got to learn how to handle the brown, in my opinion. Like the browning version. Sure, potentially. So this movie opens up. It's um an English public school, which of course mm-hmm. means the opposite of what that word means because it's English. Because a public school is actually, in fact, what we would call a private school. But they're yes. te- these people are tedious, RJ. They, I think they make more problems for themselves than they need to. Yeah. They, they care about a great number of things. Uh, besides how unerotic they are. They are sure. They, they're very concerned about pronunciation. Potentially. Like, that hey, is that word well. says reading. It's like it's reading. <laughs> Reddings. <laughs> <laughs> something across the teams and blah 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 anyway none, yes. none of that's an issue with this movie mm-hmm. this movie has a timeless quality i feel rj and i didn't realize watching this mm-hmm. that it was some real sad bastard stuff uh yes it is quite a bit quite a bit i'll, I'll let you keep going okay but, uh, it's for sure sad bastardy so i don't have like super deep notes on this i'm gonna kind of okay spitball my way through this so it opens up with uh a gathering of students at morning prayer it's like school assembly in the church because it is a public school and um so you have the headmaster who's an englishman who talks like this and you always know that these guys (laughs) are full of shit this guy's like that that gaseous accent of his Mm. it's it's a little high, well, a little up here. It's a little high, you know. A little falutin. A little high falutin. Yeah. yeah. Um, we're introduced to a new schoolmaster who's coming in to replace the old Andrew mm-hmm. Crocker Harris, aka the Croc. They, yeah, he's the Croc. He's also known known as the uh, the Himmler of the uh, lower fifth. Yes, the lower all, fifth. All See, sorts of names. And, and these are divisions that uh, you know, not being 
part of this school system. Like, what's the lower fifth? What's the upper fifth? I don't understand the designation. But you don't need to know it. You just kind of go, it's like when you graduate, (laughs) I guess, from like Uh, level A to level B. I I took it kind of like almost literally where it's just like as you move through grade through grade, you just your classes are in different sections of the building. So it's like lower fifth, upper fifth. And it's like grade five, grade six. Like, right. That's kind that, of, yeah. That's what I meant. Like it's yeah. Um, I think there, that's what it, means. even those like, weird, complicated way of saying yes. the grades. Yes. Yeah. Education. It's not fixed in stone. It's always changing. It's very malleable. Unless Tabula Rasa. Andrew Crocker Harris, who is a slight, mm-hmm. quiet man who does mm-hmm. not like his job anymore or much of anything really whatsoever but he is a man defined by his job so that we had michael redgrave who plays andrew crocker harris uh the teacher who's like the subject of the story uh this also fits into the uh saddled man genre uh subgenre of the criterion collection kind of the akiru's your uh what are the other ones here Oh, of sad old men? Yeah, uh, Umberto D. Umberto, um, Umberto D. Yeah, Umberto D. No. Akiru. No. Um, Tokyo Stories, uh, like old, sad old people. Yes, sad old peoples. Yeah. Uh, let oh, me uh, Wild Strawberries. Wild Strawberries, for sure. Uh, I didn't have my list up before. Um Winter Light, I guess you could include in in that category. I mean, that's just, as well. he's just a miserable priest, though. He, yeah, but he's he, also he looks old, of age, yeah. in a sense. I mean, that's just uh, what, they all look like that at that age. The leopard is a sad old man. Um, a little bit, yeah, yeah. Fit I mean, that. he's rich, but he's mm-hmm. still sad. Sad old patriarchs. Yeah, killing of a Chinese bookie. He's kind of sad, <laughs> but he's but he's having fun at his strip club. He's having fun, but on the inside, there's sadness. Sadness. So, I'm not an I'm not an educator myself, but sure. um, I think everyone has gone to school at some point, even mm-hmm. if they've uh, you know stuck around to work in there or just as a kid. And you kind of remember there's the teachers that you liked, and there's the teachers you're like, oh fuck, this guy. <laughs> You're like this piece of shit again. Hate yeah. this guy. So there's the cool teacher. Yep. Um, and he he makes them laugh. He makes them laugh. He dazzles them. But are they are they really learning what they're supposed to, Jared? I don't know. One questions. One, One questions. questions. It. Uh, that that chap is played by Nigel Patrick. Matthew Modine. Ma- or Matthew Modine in 1994, <laughs> and Ralph uh-huh. <laughs> Ralph. Albert Finney, Albert Finney, Albert Finney, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, and we'll get we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll take a look at there. So, anyway, um, this is the last like couple days of Crocker Harris's time at the school. He has some mm-hmm. kind of like ill-defined illness that he has to take. He has to step away from whatever he's doing and do a lot less. And in doing so, he had to retire prematurely, take a teaching position somewhere else. He's taking a big pay cut and no pension, despite the fact that he was like just that close. But the school is kind of like, well, we don't have to pay you, so we're not going to. You understand, don't you, old boy? That kind of like knife between the ribs. And that comes that reveal comes later in the movie as well. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of a it's a character study. 
in a lot of ways. Yeah, that's one way to put it. Yeah. So, I don't have a different way to put it, but that's okay. one way to put it. Beautiful, beautiful. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we get to see only him teach once specifically in the if, in the film uh right at the beginning and it, it's it does a pretty good job of giving you a snapshot of like this is what his class is always like his he he browbeats the students even when he's like congratulating them he also defines it like how it's barely competent and it's still horrible but you're the best of the lot and the rest of you holy you're doing it all over again this is an embarrassment there's just no attempt to engage the students there's no attempt to like I don't know. Get get benefit them in any way? <laughs> uh, well, he he does things this particular way, right? He's every, like, this every, is what's always worked. I'm gonna do well, it. Yeah, all, or, always worked according to me because this is this was good enough for me him. and it's good enough for everybody else and things aren't going to change because I am a classicist. I am a, yes. I am a teach the masters. You you know about that Agamemnon? <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna teach that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I found that funny, but it's kind of like what you said actually too, where it's, uh, I, I, I thought the same thing where it's one kind of universal equalizer is that everyone has, well, not quite everyone, but most people have attended school in some fashion, right? Yeah. And they all have that example of here's the cool fun guy. And then here is the guy that everyone hates. Sometimes the guy is just an absolute prick, but mm-hmm. sometimes it's just like an old out of touch dude like this. He's like, you know, the Agamemnon, it is the greatest play of all time. <laughs> and these kids are like, we're eight years old. <laughs> we don't care. <laughs> I see you're inserting dramaturgy into the story. That is, uh, it would be appropriate if you were a regular so-and-so, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> like whoever is like British, like, you know, uh-huh. playwright that comes like eighty years later in four hundred fifty BC or whatever the fuck. Like you're just like, oh, of course, we all know him. <laughs> mm-hmm. it, exactly, and then it's it's one of those people where it's like, like I don't think, I don't think you're intentionally trying to be a bad guy. You just seem like a bad guy. Yeah. Like, Some, something went wrong. Like in some ways, um, this sort of character. Uh, you see in something like Breaking Bad without like the uh, make, yeah. make, making meth, but it's like someone that had a lot of promise and this mm-hmm. dis- life decisions occur. Maybe if mm-hmm. some some character flaws develop or you know take seed and they just grow and grow and mm-hmm. lack of ambition, uh, frustration, disappointment, and turns into a I don't know a sad bastard. If I. Uh... If that's the definition you want to use, because I'm always yeah. unsure when to use it correctly. Yeah. So uh, this this has the, this has got strong sad bastard vibes. Yeah, I thought so as well. Um, and then we got Taplo. <laughs> oh, old Taplo. He, you know what? I I feel for Taplo. He's he he's he's that one kid who's just when everyone's shitting on someone, he's like, I don't know, guys. He's mm-hmm. like, there's always that maybe, character. Maybe we should just kind of you know not be a shitty kid. Right, and this is like a pretty, I don't know universal kind of character yeah like trope as far as like hey i've heard that this piece of shit's a real bad dude maybe i'll be the one that like can see it through and can reach him and then like very quickly you know there's even the scene where that kid gets dressed down because he's trying to be polite by laughing at one of um 
uh, Crocker Harris's jokes. That's like, if else I have to say about that is uh, this little quip in in Latin. And then the kid just said, ha, ha, ha. And he's like, oh, you found that was amusing. What did, could you repeat to the class what that meant to you? <laughs> he's like, oh, no, I was just trying to, I was just laughing out of politeness. Ah, I see. Well, he goes, oh, well, I think he, but he knew, but he was also like using his, yeah. like, a big power move. And then, of mm. course, the other kids like they feel bad for him now. He's a, he's an asshole. I told you he was a piece of shit. Look at him. No, laughing at you. Yeah, yeah. So of course, Taplo is also being paid by Taplo's probably marvelously wealthy family to get per- teaching lessons, personal lessons from the teacher. You know, to guarantee his spot properly in the uh, mm-hmm. in the. And in the hierarchy of the school, and uh, he's like, he takes that very seriously. Makes him have his lessons. He even makes it square up. There's no like, ah, you missed this week. Don't worry about it. It's like, no, I was paid by your father to make sure you get additional information. What sort of person would I be if I did not keep my word? So, a kid shows up inconveniently while uh, Crocker Harris's wife wants to bang um, her lover, fellow schoolmaster, the the popular teacher. Who's the Mr. Science guy? Mm-hmm. The chem teacher the, who gets the, to do all the fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Uh, so that has the exchange. You get to uh, uh, Taplo doing an impression of Crocker Harris. His, uh, Crocker Harris's wife catches it, and she's a little, oh dear, very embarrassed. I thought, I thought his impression was decent. He did a good, good little job. Mimicry, I believe, uh, is what it's called. Mm hmm. It's a sincerest form of uh, flattery, mm-hmm. no? Yeah, <laughs> imitation. I'm not sure about In- mimic something like that. Something like that. Yeah. But uh, anyways, Crocker Harris's day just kind of keeps getting worse and worse in a lot of ways because he gets the bad news. Uh, mm-hmm. He's also told that, oh yeah, the other teacher who's younger, your junior. He's also retiring because he's going to go play sports in Australia or cricket. Yeah, New Zealand. He's going to be a cricketer, and he's mm-hmm. a big star, and everybody likes him. And uh, it's a jolly good job, you know. And uh, he's like, "Well, can you go before him? Because you're going to bring down the room, and we want to bring it back up." And it's like, it's, "Oh, yeah. well, yeah, whatever, I guess." Because he's all beaten down. Well, he says, uh, "He says you're a little anticlimactic. We we got to end on a climax, all yeah. right?" He said, "Everyone loves." this uh this cricket player he's a big star sports are king and uh they go you're kind of an old man and you bump people out also you don't get a pension so no you want to just go away kind of yeah just me if you can if you can if you can so yeah they lay, again, they, they kind of lay out the, the ongoing relationship between his wife and her lover very lightly. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you know what's going on. They don't make a big deal about it. And mm-hmm. you're just like, yeah, these guys kind of are in a relationship together, but mm. barely. And it seems like it's very hostile. And there's some yeah. interesting rules that, like, she never lies to him until the very mm-hmm. end, until it's actually over, uh, which is a, a nice little touch. When it's like she, when she, when she's telling uh, uh, Crocker Harris, like he's he's going to come to see me, he's going to come to see me. He's like, I'm sure he will, because <laughs> he's he knows like yeah. he, he can tell he can actually know immediately. He's like, oh, no, she's lying to me, 
and it's the yeah. end. Of, it's the end of the road. When mm-hmm. um, when when it's all about you know uh, how Andrew Crocker Harris got his groove back. Oh, I think that's a better alternative title. Yeah, is that what's in the uh, like the um, what's this guy's name again? The the director. Yeah, Anthony Asquith. Is that in the Asquith cut? Like you know yeah. how they release the Asquith cut release of, the Asquith uh, title. Yeah, of the Browning version. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, um, what else about the plot? So anyway, like, yeah, there's a big, there's a big, there's a big crocodile game and he goes to that. The, the headmaster scumbag comes and Mm -hmm. tells him all this bad news, asks for favors. You can tell he's just like everything you want from like kind of a despicable kind of authority figure. Upper management. Yep. He's like, he's, he's, he's all smiles and sunshine to your face but you know he's plotting to do whatever he wants to do anyway and we'll take definitely take advantage of you because it's like you're so easy going mm-hmm. um but this kind of builds to a head and um there's discussion about translations um and uh, yeah about agamemnon <laughs> and so this this little taplo shit you know he decides he's going to get uh, a gift, a going away present to the uh, to the exiting teacher that nobody likes. He gets him a copy of the Browning version translation Ooh. of Agamemnon, and gives it to him. And it has an inscription in it mm-hmm. that uh, that greatly shakes um, Crocker Harris. This is on the tail end, though, of him going to pick up his remaining personal belongings in his classroom and i th- and he has a conversation with his replacement who says oh well yeah the headmaster made a joke that uh, you're the himmler of the lower fifth <laughs> and this like he's like oh yes swear, himmler huh <laughs> he starts thinking about himmler oh you mean the architect of the holocaust <laughs> like that himmler the himmler the head of this the secret service <laughs> and and the guy's like oh maybe i shouldn't have told well, I, you yeah it's like they saw like how horrified yeah. and mortified he is because this is such a yeah. polite society being like oh, well you know he, he wasn't thinking and he's like oh yeah. maybe he'll like have a sense of humor about it but he's like no he's never heard it Mm-hmm. And uh, he's going through the ramifications of it, and it's crushing to him. And then, so yeah, then he gets this moment where he goes back, finds the book, where it's like, maybe I'm not so bad. And then, of course, his wife can't even let him have that and tells him, well, you know, he was making fun of you just like a day ago, and he felt bad about that. And that's why he got you the book, asshole. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, you feel for him there, and because he, he totally turns where he's just like, you, you feel his embarrassment, and he's just like, he's like, man. I didn't care. I never cared. Yeah. Fuck that kid. Nobody cares. Leave me alone. And you're just like, man, that's where you start to feel for him. You know, yeah. you're just like, oh man, it yeah. sucks to be this guy. His wife's yeah. really shitty. So, um, the bull Frank, he goes to tell uh, Andrew Crocker Harris, no, no, your wife was got it all wrong. The kid didn't mm-hmm. mean it like that. And he's like, oh yes, well, it's like I know. He basically, says, yeah, I know you've been banging my wife. And you're like, and he's like, what? It's like, well, why aren't you like? Why would you let this continue happening? And he's like, holy shit, this guy really is like uh, lost a lot of spunk in his in mm-hmm. his like approach to the world, and just like how again, sad bastard this all is. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know. So the, I guess the tri- triumph starts to be that Andrew Crocker Harris starts to like regain a little bit of like gumption. Um, uh, yes, a little bit. He's, he's like he's like, hey, I want to go on last. 
I, I don't want to be booked last. I don't care if it'll make for a better feel good moment. Uh, well, I, I like his point. He was like, he's like, yeah, people will applause, but you know, sometimes the anticlimax is better. He's like, sometimes it's better to just go on a somber note because it really sticks. Ooh, setting things up. Yeah. So yeah, he gives his he, he so yeah the, the popular guy gives his speech. It goes as well as you can, and then uh, Crocker Harris goes up. To, oh, was that already? Yeah. I was gonna say there is the dinner before because the, the oh, speech sorry. is at the end. Yeah. So we have we have the dinner where uh, the biggest thing I think that happens is uh, when other when the chemistry fireworks. professor yeah yeah so when chemistry professor sees how shitty the wife is, he's just like. He's like, you know, I was going to leave you anyways. He's like, but now I'm really going to leave you because you're you suck. And then they go to the dinner Mm -hmm. and all the boys leave. And then a chem professor and Crocker Harris are together. And and dude's like, you know what, man? He's like, you should leave that. You should leave that chick. She is not good for you or for me. We should just break it off. Maybe we can be best friends. Maybe we can be besties. Like where she walks in on this as they're shaking hands, she's like, "What the fuck?" She's like, "What the fuck is this?" And uh, I love, I, I really love how Crocker Harris downplays it because he doesn't care the whole time. He's like, "Whatever." He's like, "People are just gonna misuse me again." He's like, "I don't know if this guy's genuine or not." Uh, but then the wife is like, "You know, he doesn't. He didn't mean any of that. He's really coming for me." And he's the Crocker Harris is like, "I'm sure he is." Uh, I'm sure that all, everything you want is going to work out. And then he's like, just so you know, you can go. I'm going to stay. I'm going to do my own thing. I'm pretty much done with you. Uh, she, and not not as in that many words, but uh, he, he does get kind of like that kind of touch to her where he's like, go, stay. I don't give a shit anymore. Do whatever the fuck you feel like. I'm done. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, and then the next day is when we get the um, – the, uh, the speeches and uh, yeah, cricket boy goes up first and he's just like, yeah, we're going to sport out there. Go sport real good. <laughs> and uh, might even sport a little bit more. Like this guy's amazing. And then Crocker Harris comes up and Crocker Harris comes out and he's yeah. for, and he starts off Crocker Harrising. He's like, I'm not, I'm not going to break character. This mm-hmm. is, this is, I'm going to do, I'm going to stick to my convictions of how I've always dealt with these things. But mm-hmm. then he has that, then he stammers. And everyone's like lost interest and they're like, oh God, this guy again. One last time we have to listen to him. And then he breaks kayfabe. The, 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 mm-hmm. the, the, the curtain pulls back and he, he says, I'm sorry. And he speechifies and he gives a, a moving mm-hmm. final speech, apologizing how he failed every, all the students. He should have done better. He should have aimed for them more. And he gave a mm-hmm. heartfelt apology. And uh, and he leaves it at that, and he gets a, a roaring ovation. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. And the kids say, wait a minute. He really means it. Yeah. He really means it. And then the headmaster ch- tries to interrupt. He goes, all right, guys, let's get back to Chris. But, but, but the ovation's too loud. <laughs> he tries about four times. He says, well, uh, well, uh, well. And then we go outside. Yeah. Crocker Harris is walking around, and uh, we got uh, young Taplo, and he comes up again. And Taplo is just like, "Hey, you know, we maybe had some differences, but uh, last couple of days, I think you're not a too bad of a guy. I hope you're doing well. Mm. I'll see you later." And, and, and what else though? Because because also the whole, there's, he, a, there's an ongoing plot thread of uh, Taplo really really pass. wants to know if he's going to pass I guess yeah. and the entire time it's like at the end of the term or whatever like the end of the process and there's literally no reason a teacher 
wouldn't be able to say this like say if they're because like, it doesn't matter it's like foregone conclusion but the entire like no it's strict must stick to the regiments of it all yeah. but then if he, he lets slip wink that well he he, he, yeah, he says he says he words it in such a way um i hope you have a better attitude when you're uh, in the upper half or upper fifth or whatever it is it, do, do me a favor he said if you actually respect me do me a favor don't blow up next year and Tapwell goes, really, sir? He said, I'm awfully regretful. <laughs> and then he runs away. <laughs> uh, oi. <laughs> oi. That's, that's pretty much what he does. <laughs> sure. Why me? <laughs> Crike. Mm-hmm. All of a grunge. And then it ends on a da, 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 da. happy music. Hey, he looks up at the clock one more time. He mm-hmm. goes, mm-hmm. yeah, did it. Nailed it. And all is well. Yep. Um, yeah, so this is a really good movie, RJ. Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, I can talk if you want. Or... Yeah, I mean, I mean, I can, <laughs> I don't know. It's, uh, I, I, I had no expectations of this. Maybe they were lowered expectations. I was kind of like, oh, boy, here we mm-hmm. go. This this sounds like, this poster looks like the boringest thing in the world. It literally has the word mm-hmm. brown in the title. Yeah. And I was like, I didn't really read the description of what it was, but I hear classics master at an English public school. And I go, Oh, 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 oh I want to oh, die. I wanted to get hit by a bus before I had to watch this. So I don't ever have to watch uh-huh. this. So I, I got there. So I, I, I get there and I watch this and it's like, Oh, this is a really good movie. Yep. So, so uh, I, I had the, I had the exact same response where uh, the first five minutes, I was like, oh, my God. I was like, what is this about public schools, this old bastard? I don't fucking care. Uh, And then about seven minutes into the movie, the dialogue starts ripping. And then I was like, hold on. I was like, that was pretty good. I like what they're saying here. And then the dialogue gets better and better. And then you start feeling for this old guy. And uh, I agree. I think this movie is actually like – I think this thing's really good. Yeah, I, I was really, I got sucked into this thing big time. But first five minutes, just based on title alone, I was like, what? The? I was like, who fucking cares? Yeah, I mean, there was like an. This movie's pretty quickly paced, and like the editing's pretty spot on. The acting is like really good. Um, yes, like yeah, yep. the the especially again when we watch some contemporary versions of this. Yes, it just has like a total like, I don't know. I was thinking of like words to describe how perfectly good this is as a British movie. It's got like these elements I love about British cinema. Uh, it's got this acerbicness to it. Like it's very, mm. it's got a meanness and callousness to it, but it's also extremely uh, got like that heartfeltness that you could expect like, from like something like Paddington. <laughs> Where you're kind of like, oh, yeah, yeah. And, I, and it has those, it has that it has that like that combination of like it's very like vicious and mean, but it also has like very like wearing its heart on its sleeve too. But it's like, yeah. but, but trying to do it in this way where it's like not modeling, and uh, yeah, uh, I think that's that's a good way to put it. Actually, um, it is kind of like it fits perfectly for like what you said. It's a it's a nice just day in England, cucumber sandwiches. Earl Grey tea, biscuits, <laughs> scones, all sorts of stuff. Pip, pip. Uh, pip, pip, hooray. And that's all That's all present in this. Um, but it does really... There was no double-decker does... bus, though. No Big Ben. So I'm, I was confused. Not quite. Not quite. Uh, but there's some big hats. So we got that going for us. Uh, no, I thought the same 
I, I thought the same thing where it, it does really fit into that. And I didn't, uh, I didn't look into it, but, um, when, after you said that this was a pig, pygmalion guy, I was like, Oh, of course it, it all makes sense now. Um, I think the dialogue in this thing is just fucking cracking. It's crackin'. just right there. Cracking baby. It's right. Th- that's so, a new word I'm trying out. Yeah. Um, you're, you're going to get it over. Yeah. I mean, I, it's already done. It's uh, the so this, dialogue is. So this is based on a play short. by Terence Rattigan. Uh, you ever, I, you ever, you ever, you ever heard of the Winslow Boy? Nope. No. There, it's a pretty good show, nope. RJ. No. <laughs> I think uh, David Mamet might have written a uh, or done a film adaptation of this at one point. I could be wrong. Maybe that's the Winslow Boys. Nope. He did do uh, it. I was right. Uh-huh. I do know David Mamet. You know that Mamet, damn it. Yeah, I know Mamet. Maybe that's a, a staple of Terrence Rattigan. It could be. It could be. But uh, what was I going to say? Um, do you have anything more to say? I I have a bit to say. Oh, I'm, I know. I, I, no, I, I, no, it's good. Uh, you, you, you can take it away. I'm... Yeah. So uh, same as you. I was kind of like, um, at first I was like, eh, whatever. But uh, the dialogue really sucked me in. And then the sad bastard, the sad bastard isness, whatever the that phrase would be. Sad bastardry. The sad bastardry of uh, this guy uh, really pulls you in, um, and it's kind of like what you were talking about with Babylon Five earlier, where uh, they set up a guy to be like, you're like, it's immediately relatable. It's universal. You're just like everyone had a teacher that was kind of an asshole, and you're just like, yeah, I know this guy, uh, and so you automatically you're like. This guy sucks. I hate him. Uh, but then good character development. You start to see why this guy is the way he a, is. A little and... bit, though, too, because they don't like over. Yeah. They don't they don't do nope. any flashbacks. It's, very subtle. it's super subtle character work. It's... It takes its time. Yeah. Yeah. It, good character work. It's subtle. It takes its time and it builds and it breathes. And you, you get a I think you get a scene for every little thing. Like you see him with his class. You see him with his colleagues. You see him with just an individual student and you're kind of like, you're like, yeah, this guy's kind of a dink. But then you start, they start to peel back that a little bit and you're just like, well, this is what those people are like outside of it. This is what the kids are like. This is what the colleagues are like. This is what the boss is like. And I think it does a really good job at like, uh, like contrasted to the remake, which I think shits all over this thing, <laughs> uh, which we'll get there. But um, Brown style. Yeah. Brown style. Uh, it's just, it, it, it takes its time and it's just like, yeah, this is what this guy is like. And um, I think it really kind of showcases each of those, each of the people involved in this. And uh, that's what you need. Like it, it kind of, it brings the full picture to it. It doesn't focus on anything more than it needs to like uh, the affair stuff. Like it shows it happening and then it kind of, it kind of moves on for a while because it's just like, that's all you need to know right now. Yeah. These two people are having an affair. That's it. Uh, and then, like here's the headmaster with a guy he's definitely misusing him and like uh gets him to do way more shit than he's supposed to that's it and it's like that's one of the reasons he's like tired and doesn't have time for himself anymore uh so like i i think the best part is that it doesn't uh it doesn't show anything more than it needs to but it also allows everything the time that it that it deserves it's like no we it's like this little moment between the teacher and the student we're going to actually kind of let this go out a little bit here we're going to show why this is an important part of what's going on uh which i think is really well done um 
so I, I, I really, I think you, you do develop a really good sense for this guy as the movie builds. Um, and I think by the time when we're, they're talking about him being sick you see that the headmaster shitting on him, you see that everyone shits on him basically. And then like the moment that the, uh, Taplow actually does him like something nice. I think. Yeah, the, uh, I think the, it really the, shines. Yeah, the, the inscription is uh, yeah. "God from afar looks graciously upon a gentle master." Yeah, and I think like, and uh, you can tell in his uh, like his response too. He's just like uh, he's like, I didn't think anyone really cared, and uh, I think it show like it really shines. I think that that scene is great um, because you're like, man. What a nice little thing that uh, these two people share between each other. Well, um, and, and like uncontrollable sobbing uh, yeah. is very uh, not powerful British, <laughs> like because no. it's all about like I don't know, prim and proper. Pr- pr- yeah, it's about presentation and conversing in particular. At least in film, like I don't know. I think in reality, it's a different story. But like in their in plays and stuff like that, it seems to be like no, it's v- verboten to uh plus it's the whole character's point too right like his whole character is like i am exactly what i'm supposed to be nothing else nothing more which is like his quote right like he's never gonna have a grand display or anything like that so i think that scene is really good uh i did also really like the scene with the two guys like just kind of chatting where the chem teacher is just like man your wife sucks He's like, how do you stay married to her for so long? He's like, because I am. He's like, that's what marriage is, buddy. Uh, and he's like, maybe one day you'll figure it out. Um, uh, I really like that. Uh, I do think that the ending scene is pretty effective. Uh, I liked I liked that quite a bit too. And then there was a moment here where I was kind of like, between the, uh, when it's Crocker Harris and his wife, and he's kind of trying to rationalize it, where the chem teacher's like, why do you stay with her? He's like, because we're married. He's like, I did her bad once she's doing me bad now he's like it's well, just this thing and what was the thing that he did bad by her was he it, married her he married her yeah. he married and like you and like that makes you feel even worse because this guy's just like he's like she should have had someone else and i married her so i i feel like i owe her one and you're just like geez dude mm-hmm. it's not your fault <laughs> but uh i it kind of uh it honestly at that moment this kind of reminded me of phantom f- thread a little bit not not in the same way because like it's a very different kind of end there where it's like feeding off of each other for positive things. I thought this was like, Oh, they're feeding off each other, but in a negative way mm-hmm. where it's just like one guy is getting shit on and just getting pushed down. But I was like, it, it just kind of reminded me of that movie a little bit. And I was like, not that it's super similar in any, any, any rate, but uh, yeah, this, I thought this movie was great. I was super surprised by this. Uh, I told Andy, I was like, man, I got totally sucked in. And I was like, that doesn't happen very often mm-hmm. with these movies no. anymore. Not, 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 not much for me, at least. I was just like, this is a, this is a rarity for me. I liked this. I liked it so much that I looked at, I, I looked at the supplements and uh, all the only supplement on the channel was an interview with, with Mike, the director, Mike Vegas, of the re- remake. And I went, hold on, remake. Mm-hmm. And then that that put us down a more troubling uh, route. But uh, I'll let you uh, if you have anything else you want to say about this before we get to uh, that uh, that toilet. Of the show. <sighs> it's 
it that bad? So, yeah, it's, I, it's I, not. It's I, just I've in got, comparison. Well, watching them back to backs, I think yeah. a really bad idea because it's yes. just, they're so. Anyway, yeah, I've got not too much to add. Like, yeah, I know this movie's uh, really good, yes. and uh, I think uh, definitely one of the more. Pl- it's been a while since I've had like a oh like a pleasant surprise, I guess, for uh, a Criterion movie of late, where you're like, oh, I've never seen this, never heard anything about it, and it's like, oh damn, this is actually a really good movie. Yeah, it is. It's uh, it was a total nice. surprise, and I really liked it. No, yeah. uh, so 1994 rolls around. And the world, I think, there, yeah. and I think there's like a production like a, in 1985 as well. But this like one, a Broadway production? No, like a film production. Oh, okay. maybe a, maybe it was a TV movie. I'm not going to investigate it too closely. But we got Big Guns. Albert Which Finney, ones? Alfred the Gun Finney, Matthew uh-huh. the Gun Modine, Julian Sands, Warlock himself, Warlock, Michael Holy Gambon. Dumbledore? Dumbledore as, as a headmaster. <laughs> Playing just Dumbledore. Just, kind of. Just Dumbledore. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. anyway, uh yeah, it's the exact same movie. Um Yep. Pretty much. However, how however, you, you really start to be like, oh uh Michael Redgrave does so much and yes. Like the, his delivery, playing that particular character is why he's so memorable. And Albert Finney is just like, well, I could be any old bitter old man. <laughs> it doesn't really, it changes it completely. And you're just like, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, and that's kind of, so yeah, it's not, uh, it's not, it's not like that bad. It's not like the producer's remake, which is just, shit. um, it's not that bad, but yeah, watching back to back, you really like it, it made me like the original one even more. Where I was like, fuck, that was good. I was like, how much they actually put into building these characters and the scenes in the remake. The biggest thing is like they really um they take away from the things that made the one the first one good. And then they build up stuff where it's like I could it's like a total 90s thing in a sense where they're like, you know what we needed more of? We need to show the affair more, man. And we need to show kids being kids more, man, like kids hanging out in the dorm dorms and stuff. And just like added things that like aren't actually good. But I think that they just thought was needed to it. Yeah, it's very. But con- then it's it takes very, away it's from very contemporary. Yes. In the worst ways of contemporary film. Yes. It's e- it's yeah. very easy to watch. Um but it just it lacks so much of what the the Asquith version has in, yes. in terms of it's like very honed in and the performances are like kind of a little they're not as loose. The actors aren't just like I'm Matthew Modine. I'm here to fuck <laughs> your wife. I mean I, I think oh, that's a line course, in this movie. He, he's an American as well. Yeah, yeah, because you got to because Americans are, are erotic and uh, they want to have sex with anything. Yeah. So you bring him in. He's like, oh, he's upsetting the the, the social order. Oh, yeah. the, oh no! And then Julian oh, Sands. Julian Sands. Yeah, I think uh, other than like those things, I think the thing that annoyed me most was they kept a lot of the actual dialogue. Where it's just like the line where it's like, if you care about me at all, or if you respect me, don't blow yourself up. But then they cut all the stuff before. So there's no actual like 
the lines don't pay off as well where it's just like you took out all the stuff that made the line good the like the build up to it and you're, you're like nah it's just the just the zinger at the end that's the important part so this this remake to me it just felt like uh like people it's like you know how people used to quote anchorman back to each other all the time mm-hmm. just like that or it's just like what's what's <laughs> I, like the bottom line thing man i like lamp i like i love lamp yeah. i love lamp yeah it's just shit like that but yeah it's not it's not outright bad but if you watch them back to back you you get a very deep appreciation for uh the the browning version the original one it's very good i like it but yeah, I was totally surprised, Jared. I uh, I dug this movie quite a bit. The nineteen ninety four version, of course. Yes, of course. Yeah. No. Uh, I want to hear some. Okay. I don't know if you want to yeah. hear from people who hated the nineteen fifty one or the people who loved the nineteen ninety four version. I I would uh, I'd, I'd kind of like to hear both because it's like I I'd be really. Okay. Hard pressed to think of people who love yeah. that movie, not because it, it's bad. But all, it's just all, like, all all day long, I'd recommend people watch the fifty one version. Yes, yes yeah, and I, but yeah, it's a, that's a that's a slam dunk. I'm like, oh yeah, that's a good movie. You should yep. definitely watch it. Maybe you don't care about like school stuff, and maybe this won't work for you whatsoever. But yeah. I don't know. This is this checked my sad bastard box, and I thought it was yes, uh, it just did. it's just really well made. Yep. So who hates nineteen fifty one's the Browning version? I don't know. Uh, mid ask mid as Rolo Midas Midas Midas, Midas, Midas Rolo, Rolo. Like does he have the Midas yeah. Rolo touch he turns everything into Rolo chocolates fuck that would be cool I'd be all over that he'd be fat, fat as a house <laughs> good uh, Midas Rolo two stars the lowest rating is two stars so that tells mm-hmm. you something is anything really happening I mean, yes, there's quite a bit happening all the time. But Midas Rolo, I mean, it's hard to keep up to their standards of their favorite films like First Reformed, Funny Games, the American remake of that one. Uh, Flowers of St. Francis, five stars as well, which is strange to me. Strange, Jared. But they gave It's a Mad, 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 Mad World one star. Okay. Which I've never seen, but I've heard is a good show. So, hmm. what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Smidvin, two and a half Ooh. stars. Mrs. Crocker Harris is such a bitch. I mean, I, I mean, she's not a pleasant lady, but I don't know if that's a reason to dislike the film itself. Yeah. Okay, let's see what it, favorite films include. Four movie posters with no titles, and I have no idea what they are. Let's see what these are. We have... Liquid Crystals from 1978 from Jean Payne-Leave. We have New Masculine from 1944 from Francois Mm Rochenbach. We have Pond and Waterfall from 1982 from Barbara Hammer. And we have Mermaid Legend from uh, Toshihari Ikata. Those are four of my favorite movies. Uh, who doesn't love those things? They're just, they're so entertaining. It's like not a not not a wasted minute. You know what I mean? Just great, great taste in movies, Smidvin. You did it, bud. You did it. <clears throat> One more, two and a half stars from Halden Hansen. Homoerotic undertones? No. 
I disagree. So with that. I think the reason this comes up is because I guess the playwright was gay and was a big fan of T. E. Lawrence. And yeah. it was like when you watch Lawrence of Arabia, there's those undertones there too. But yeah, I, I read that and I went like, uh, nah. I I think that's an easy like thing to just say and then sure like is. people won't challenge it. Uh I don't I don't agree with that no. like at all. What about this person the, What about the homoerotic undertones of our podcast? It's an again, it's an easy thing to say. Is it true? I don't know. One of this this person, one of their favorite movies is in Bruges. So what, how do you feel about that, Jared? <laughs> uh homoerotic undertones? Potentially. Yeah. More more so than Browning version. You want to hear some five star reviews? I guess like uh, for nineteen ninety four. Yeah, it's it's surprising because it's like who could love this thing? Not that it's bad or anything. It's just like well, who who cares there's about not, this? There's movie? not that many, but yeah. see some big fig heads. I think here big Mike, Mike Figus heads. Five stars from Patty Hannon. When you see such a subtly rich, complex, harrowing, and multi layered performance as Albert Finney gives here. It just reaffirms once again how meaningless and fatuous are the Academy Awards and the such like. This person's uh, avatar is one Woodrow Allen. Yeah, and uh, one of their favorite movies is Hannah and Her Sisters, That's which fine. is a good show. It is a good movie. And Less Temptation of Christ is a good movie, as is Vertigo. Yep. I, don't, I don't know Faithless. Did you check out the bio here? Nope. I'm looking at it right now. A highlight with five stars anything i see that i particularly love it's not a score or a movie rating as a rule i don't rate films because i think it's reductive and a bit childish to give a fully realized living breathing work of art a mark out of 10 sometimes i write something though 10 not to so uh, I, um, I like that they're like, I don't like star ratings, but then they do it others. I don't do it just because I'm I, I don't want people to yell at me for misrating their own movies. And I don't care anymore. But uh, not because I think it's not artful, man. I just uh, don't care. Boy, this person wrote a lot. They, they seem to yep. think Albert Finney proves what a marvelous actor he was. I, I don't know. I don't like his interpretation of the character, but it's because I also watched it back to back with. I think one that I immediately like thought, yeah, this is really good. And then you watch him, and you're like, oh, he's just like a guy. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Well, MK MQ Blank's favorite films: Last Samurai with Tom Cruise, Empire Strikes Back, Dead Again '91, and then Saving Private Ryan. So hmm. they should come onto our podcast. They'd probably fit in really well. Really well. Really well. Mm-mm-mm. Mm-mm-mm. So or what you're saying, RJ, is the croc rocks? I think so. I like the croc. I would even buy a pair of crocs is, for that matter. Is he, is he the people's champion? It's hard to say. I want to say yes, but I, I can't say that with any certainty. Crocky Maivia? Potentially, yes. No. Potentially. Okay. Yeah. Well, any final words? on the Browning version before we shut the book of translations on this movie before we turn off the tap on the Brown, uh, totally surprised. Very good. It's a good show. Good. After the break, 
we're just going to live here in the podcast just for the mm-hmm. rest of the summer. See what happens. You know, just you you go you guys listening, go do your own thing. We'll just stay here. We'll get a cot. Don't yeah. worry about us. Get a couple cots and sleep. Bunker in real nice. Obo erotic undertones. <gasps> Texture like sun Lays me down With my mind she runs Throughout the night No need to fight Never a frown With golden brown Every time Just like the last On her ship Tied to the mast To distant lands Takes both my hands RJ, did this movie uh, motivate you to pick up and learn a little bit of Latin? You know, pick up some of those Greek classics so you too can be like the croc? Do him proud? Oh, I, I know Fiat Lux. Uh, and I know about the Delta variant. Is a, That's Latin and Greek, right? I know about Epsilon listeners too. What's an Epsilon listener? What's, in, what's a Beta? All betas? Wait, is Oliver an Epsilon? Oh, yeah. Is that what you are going to say? Yeah, remember that? Yeah. Oh, okay. But uh, out of our listeners, which one is the biggest beta? (laughs) Carpe diem? That's probably part of it, too. Yeah. Ad astra per aspera. What does that mean? I don't know. How about ad meliora? Ad astra? Like that. AstraZeneca? AstraZeneca? Is that where it came from? I think so. Wow. Big. Weird. Weird. What are we talking about? Uh, Podcast, people. You can tell us about your favorite Latin phrase. We've got a Facebook page. We're on Instagram. We're on Letterboxd. I'm Jared Tuck, and he's Barnlow. Our emails criterioncreeps at gmail.com. Just in case you didn't know. We're on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play. We've got a YouTube. We've got a Patreon. You should think what about, else do we got? I don't know. People should just think about giving us money. That'd be cool. We're pretty funny. A couple of funny guys. Making the jokes. Making jokes. the jokes. Jokes don't come cheap. <laughs> Send us money if you like. Yep. Maybe, R- R- maybe RJ, for- RJ, RJ's even sending you some, some lucky bastard a, a peeping Tom. It's worth like a hundred dollars, allegedly. Allegedly, allegedly, yeah. Send us stuff or promote our podcast. Were you sad that you thought we were ending? Maybe promote our podcast. Yeah, so we, you don't we, have to be sad. We got a whole three emails that we were ending. I think that's like that's all we got now. Well, I guess that's, I guess that's the end. Maybe we maybe we end at two fifty one and uh, this really is it. throw this, people this, off. Oh shit! I guess this is it. Uh, if we were doing another episode next week, uh, it would be spine two hundred and ninety five. Konakira's crazed fruit from nineteen fifty six. How do y'all like them apples? They're crazy. I can't top that. <laughs> I'm not even gonna try. All right then. 
I can't. Uh, good night. Yeah, yep. Yeah.